Hello and welcome to episode 5 of In P.S. We Trust. My name's Davey and joined with me as always is Phil. What's going on boys? And Spencer. Umbasa. We're a fortnightly PlayStation podcast and we each bring a topic of discussion to the table which we then go in depth on. But first before we get into that, what are you drinking today on this podcast? Obviously, last time I drunk too much, so I'm going to try and rein it in a little. We'll see how that goes. I, I can't promise. I can't promise. <laughs> but what are you on today? Phil, why don't you start us off? After the previous couple of episodes, I've kind of discovered that IPAs aren't the thing to drink on a podcast because they give me a horrendous hangover. Yeah, they will. I'm going to stick with an oldie, a trusted friend from Anheuser-Busch, the Budweiser. How about you, Spence? Uh, funny you'd ask me. I'm actually drinking the exact same thing. Also funny that it's also the same thing I've drank every single podcast. Any sponsorship deals come your way yet, Spence? Uh, just from you boys. Other than that, no, not at all. I'm on the standard. I'm on the Estrella. I'm back on it. On it hard today. Just on Estrella. I do have Thatcher's Haze on backup, but <laughs> I'm really hoping it doesn't get to that point. So we know how that ends. It's been two weeks since the last episode. What have you been playing? I've been playing Demon Souls. It's the only other game I got for PS5 other than Spider-Man. And as we all know, I finished Spider-Man. So I moved straight on to that. How are you getting on with it? Well, I beat the game. Uh, it's good. Good start. And then I tried New Game Plus. Uh, a bit worse. Didn't go quite as well as the first run. You say you've already completed uh, Demon's Souls. So how, how many hours did that take you, Spence? And what, what difficulty were you playing it on? There is no difficulty. Because I know a lot of our listeners um, probably in the same boat. They, they may have bought Miles. They may have bought Demon's Souls. So yeah, what, what was your experience? You're saying there was no difficulty on it. I, I, I'm not a Demon's Souls fan. I've never played any of them. Can you uh, speak to that? Yeah, of course. Basically, there's no like set difficulty setting you can choose. There's this thing in a game called World Tendency, which is how often you die in a specific world. Um, it will get harder or it will get easier. So if you manage to stay alive more, the game will be easier. And if you die more, you'll be punished for it. It's a bit of a weird system, really, isn't it? Yeah, it It's is. proper counterintuitive to how a normal game works. Obviously, normally, you'll be playing on, a, on normal or hard difficulty, getting your ass kicked, and the game comes up with a message, would you like to put it to easy? <laughs> and you think, oh, now you've done it. Now you've done it. I, I've seen that, right? As, as I'm a much more casual gamer than you guys, I, I probably get to these boss fights and, and I die a lot, right? And I have to learn what's going on. I have to learn the systems involved. I don't just instantly get it. And yeah, I, I see that message pop up and, you know, it's it spurs me on to want to do it on hard. Yeah. So how, how, do, how do you feel in Demon's Souls once, once you die and then the next time you go to it, it's, it's not as hard? No, it is. It's even harder. Demon's yeah. Souls makes it even harder the more you die. Oh, right. Okay. So I misunderstand that. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. So what happens with World Tendency? There's a mm -hmm. few more things to it than just your deaths. There's like, depending on your actions you do, like if you kill other players or if you invade other players, that will affect the World Tendency as well. But mostly it's to do with your deaths. Yeah, it just gets progressively harder. And so you just get to a point where you turn the world from being in a white tendency, which makes it quite easy, but you get less reward. You get less drops, you get less souls for killing things, which you need to level up. It becomes black. And that means then you get other enemies randomly appear, which then will give you a big reward for killing, but they're really difficult. The boss will hit really hard in comparison, and your attacks do less damage to the enemies. They've all got a, a bigger health pool. So it's a, it's a strange system, one that doesn't really make sense in terms of gaming generally. Mm -hmm. 
is is there a way one once you get to that sort of harder difficulty to then turn down the difficulty i know you've mentioned on sort of previous podcast davy that you are one to get to a point and maybe find it too hard uh, and then you will lower down the difficulty to, to progress in the game is is that an option within demon souls or is it just you have to fight it at the hardest difficulty because i personally i would find that quite frustrating so if you if you put it to a, a black tendency the only way you're going to be able to improve that is either by killing the boss, which then reverses 30% of the world tendency, moves it towards white. Killing certain enemies, what they call black phantoms, if they appear and you kill them, that reverses it by 30%. So you do start to gradually increase it. Apart from that, though, it's the old adage, which is very popular in the Souls community, get good. <laughs> you just got to get good. There's no more to it than that. Spence, like myself, you've played a lot of the existing Souls games. And obviously, this is the one that started it all. Yeah. How do you feel about the difficulty in comparison to, to the existing ones? For me, the game, the first run through of the game especially, it felt actually quite easy comparatively. The areas themselves were a lot harder than the bosses typically, but they, I feel like none of the areas were really very big. Um, whereas in normal Dark Souls, they're bigger areas, but you unlock bonfires throughout the area. So like you unlock shortcuts through the way, but there's just a lot less of that in this game. The bosses themselves, they're mostly just gimmicks, I find. Once you learn the gimmick, it's an easy boss. And then once you beat the game, you go to New Game Plus. Then the game starts bending you over its knee and spanking you a little bit. So Spencer, the only thing I can sort of relate to, to this in video games, I suppose, is, is the way World of Warcraft operates, is that you sort of beat a dungeon and you have a boss with a set number of routines that he goes through. And generally, the first time you play through is, is quite trivial. But then, of course, you can play on Heroic and sort of higher up the difficulty, which would be your new game plus. And then generally that boss is crushing. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you then overcome that? Is, is that just you hitting your head against that brick wall over and over and over? Or are you one to go on the Internet and kind of research the ways around these tactics that the boss has? Usually it's mostly trial and error where you just fight okay. them, see what they do, learn it and try to overcome it. But then if a boss is really pissing me off, maybe I'll look it up. Maybe I'll call my friend Davey to come hop in my world and spank him with his dragon bone smasher. The game I've been playing also is Demon's Souls. Just like Spence, I've played all of the other games in the series. This is the only one I never played on PlayStation 3, mainly because I got into the Souls series quite late. I got into it with Bloodborne and then I've retroactively worked my way through the series. So Demon's Souls basically, Phil, what it is, you start off and you create a character. And it's basically an RPG in how you create a character and how you assign points to them. Every enemy you kill, they drop souls, which then you can use on upgrading your character. So then you can put that into whatever you want. So in terms of health, your endurance, which means you can attack for longer, or you can roll more, or you can block things more with shields. You can put it into your strength, which means you can wield stronger or bigger weapons. Put it into your dexterity so that you can use more finesse weapons to do more intricate combat. You can put it into magic points, then you can throw spells or whatever at the enemy. So you've got a lot of freedom in how you want to grow and build a class across your entire playthrough of the game. Now, what the game on a fundamental level does, in contrast to most modern games or most games, and why it was so unique and why it's gathered such a following, is because when you die you lose everything you've done in that level. But you, where you died, there's a pool where you can get your points back. 
So you can, if you progress, if it restart you back at the start of the level, all the enemies you killed will have respawned. You've got to get back to that point to collect your things to progress forward with your points. And if you die again, you lose them all. That is kind of like an old school kind of technique, isn't it, in games where once once you die, that you would return to a point and not just, you know, like at the beginning of the level and then you'd have to replay. You know, it's the old classic from Mario. I used to play a game called Lineage. Um, I don't know if you boys have heard of it on the PC. And that and that was very much the same is, is, is once you get to a point, it was in an MMORPG, so it wasn't really a level as such. But once you died, you would lose all, all or the majority of the stuff that you have on you which, of course, you want to avoid at sort of any cost. What I find interesting playing this game is that how many lessons they took from this game and put them into the, into the other games. So the things that makes Dark Souls so interesting and creates like a kind of internal conflict with the player, you never know how far the next checkpoint is in Dark Souls. And so you'll be progressing through a level, running out of heals, running out of health items, and it's all about getting to the next bonfire so then you can kind of save your progress so that is when you die you return to that next bonfire okay demon souls doesn't have that demon souls doesn't have multiple bonfires per level you've just got one and so to make sure that that's kind of a different experience and that you don't run out of heals you get a large portion of these things called grasses which is what heals you it's more about kind of item management and managing your risk as you progress through the level as opposed to managing your heals i suppose so while you kind of when when you play a level looking for that perfect run a lot a lot like mario you would you would look for that deathless run through that level and until you perfect that deathless run then then you would have to replay it it is pretty much exactly that yeah so it's a strange analogy but it's actually a it actually is bang on yeah it is that because you can't progress without a perfect run so you do need to do a perfect run you need to do it without dying but throughout the level there are shortcuts so you do get to certain stages certain parts in level and then you can open up back doors to cut your run back to that point down significantly and that does help do you by any chance get a magic whistle to transport you to far off lands no but you can warp you can warp with using uh using the the kind of bonfire substitutes uh you can use them to, to be able to travel to different worlds what what were they called in uh, Super Mario World? The the star pads that you could warp to different worlds on. I'm seeing a lot of similarities here. <laughs> That's pretty much where it ends. You can't jump on enemies, so you can't like squash enemies or anything like that. There's no power ups. You kind of can actually. If you land on an enemy, it staggers them and does free damage. Oh god, it's nothing. <laughs> the the power up that Spencer's got in his game world is me. The problem Spence is having in New Game Plus is that he has a build which is kind of all over the place. He's kind of invested in a few different things. And now in New Game Plus, not having a specialist build is punishing you. Would you say that's fair, Spence? Yeah, I feel like this game very much rewards min-maxing rather than trying to be an all-round player. When when you say specialist build, what do you mean? Is is that that you can sort of spec to, I don't know, agility, for example, and strength? Is is that the kind of idea? Or is it more that there's like predefined builds that you would you would choose a lot like World of Warcraft, where maybe if you're a rogue, you've got like combat, you've got stealth. How does that work in, in, in Demon Souls? Uh, it basically works, whereas you kind of just play through the game as you are. And then once you find a weapon that you fall in love with and that you know you want to play the game with, you put all your stats into being able to efficiently use that weapon and making it as strong as it possibly can be. Because you can upgrade weapons as well. And uh, sometimes it costs like massive amounts of souls, items, or even boss souls to upgrade them. 
So you'll literally focus your run around that specific weapon and try get that weapon to as strong as it possibly can be. Okay. But basically, each individual weapon has its own scaling, so its own damage multiplier that it scales with. I'm using a weapon called a Dragonbone Smasher, and basically what it is, it's an ultra-great sword, so it's a massive sword that scales with strength. Every time I start a Souls game, I always think to myself, I'm going to play a magic user, or I'm going to play a... I'm going to play a knight that uses little dexterity weapons, and they're good at parrying enemies and do all this stylish stuff. And then I get about two hours in, and I've got massive heavy armor on, massive shield, and a massive sword. And I always cannot stop in going into strength and health and endurance, and that's what I put all my stats in. So my character now is able to wield the biggest weapon in the game in one hand instead of having to two-hand it. I can have a big shield with me and massive armor. And it basically just means that any enemy comes near me, they get one hit once and they're dead. So my character is busted strong. Spence's character is got the same kind of level of stats as me, but not the right weapon to support that build. So his damage output is eight times less than mine. Would, would you say uh, Demon Souls is a... Uh is an unbalanced game then in that sense. You know, games like Diablo, where you collect items and collect weaponry, it's very hard to sort of balance that from a development point of view. Would you say Demon's Souls sort of suffers from that in the sense that you could, as you said, pick up the biggest sword in the game, put on the heaviest armor in the game, and everything's just a one shot? It's interesting because Demon's Souls was a game that launched on the PlayStation 3, and it's been lovingly remastered and remade from the ground up by Bluepoint, who we all know are the best studio for remaking a game, period. They're absolutely fantastic. This game looks stellar. It's the best looking game on PlayStation 5, in my opinion. Without a doubt, it looks absolutely stellar. Just just to nip in there, this is an exclusive for PS5, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. It's only available on the PlayStation 5. So Miles Morales Spider-Man, that's also available on PS4. So that's probably why we're in this position with Demon Souls being the only exclusive, being the only standalone game for PS5 is why it reaches those graphical heights. 100%, yeah, 100% agree with you. It is that. What's interesting is that the team at Bluepoint decided what we're going to do is we're going to just copy the existing code of the game and put it straight over from the PS3 original. There's a few quality of life changes, but in terms of how the game balance, the weapons that featured, the enemy AI, it's all exactly the same as the PS3 version. And you can tell from this game that this was where From Software, the people who developed this game originally, they took a lot of lessons from this and put them into uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, because this game is fundamentally broken with a few different builds. I thought my build was absolutely busted. And then we played with our friend Willard. Willard plays the Souls games on a competitive level. He plays the player versus player combat, and, and that's what he does. He plays in tournament. And I thought my character was busted doing... A thousand damage per swing. He went up and did a 15,000 damage on a boss and killed it in one hit. And we were just like totally shocked. We couldn't believe it. And it's because he knows which things are broken and how to get the most out of every single thing. And that was eye opening. Absolutely eye opening. It's crazy, but it makes it interesting. It does make it interesting. And the thing that I'm enjoying about it is seeing how the series has grown. And the ideas that it took from this and put into the subsequent sequels, and some of them, I think, were done better here in Demon's Souls than they were in some of the others. But there's a vast majority of them 
that I would say were improved upon in the later sequels. I don't know how you feel about that, Spent. I'm not sure how I feel. I feel like this game does it, does combat and such better than maybe Souls 1 and 2. I'll say that. I don't think it does it better than 3. I think 3 has the best combat by far. Either 3 or Bloodborne. I don't know. I, I really like the pacing in Demon Souls. Whereas in the Dark Souls series, it could be a bit slower. And in Demon Souls, if you know what you're doing, at least, you can kind of get everything done efficiently and quickly. Yeah, I mean, I checked my in-game clock time and I'm halfway through New Game Plus and I'm at 26 hours, which is really quick. That is really quick. In comparison to Dark Souls, which my first run through was about 40. So I don't know if partly that could be because the hardest Dark Souls game or the hardest Souls games you play is your first one. Mm. That's the one that you get your ass kicked in. And after the lessons you learn from that first one, it carries over into the subsequent games. Whichever game you play is never going to be as hard as that first one is. But I played Dark Souls 1 after I'd played Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, and Dark Souls 2. So I played Dark Souls 1, the most recent, and that still took me 40-odd hours, and I found it really grueling. I found it really difficult. I haven't struggled anywhere near as much as I have done in this game in comparison to Dark Souls 1. I, I really struggled with Dark Souls 1. I, I thought it really kicked my teeth in. Whereas this game, the bosses are a bit uneven. I do find that the bosses are a bit of a pancake in comparison to the stages themselves. The stages are the, are the difficult thing in this game, as opposed to the bosses, which is the complete inverse of the rest of the Souls trilogy, which I do find quite interesting. But i got to say, Bluepoint have just done a fantastic job with this. The game is just absolutely beautiful. Co-op is so fun, and it works so well, which normally the Souls games mess up, where your signs don't show, and you get all these different network issues. Whereas me and Spence have been doing New Game Plus together in co-op just for fun. And it's been working brilliantly. Yeah. It's been so good. Granted, we are getting griefed by tryhards on PvP. Yeah, mate. And that's doing our editing. Bloody hell. But um, great game. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what adds to that experience, mate? It's the picture-in-picture -picture mode on PlayStation 5. Picture-in-picture has got to be the best feature of the PlayStation 5, in my opinion. So good. For playing games with somebody else, it is fantastic. I don't think it would work very well in like a shooter or anything like that. But in terms of a game like this, it's just superb. Yeah. And I imagine it would be great in Sackboy's Big Adventure as well. <laughs> Which is probably what we'll be playing next. Yeah. I remember watching the UI trailer they kind of showed. And they showed off the picture in picture. And the first thing I did was message my friend Dan, whom I played all the Dark Souls games in court with. And showed him that feature and was like, this is going to be amazing for Demon Souls. I, I knew instantly it would fit Demon's Souls perfectly, and I think it does. I'm not sure, even like other story-based co-op games, I don't think it'll fit as well. Maybe it will, but for Demon's Souls, it is perfect. So guys, do you feel like Demon's Souls is a fitting release title for PS5? When we look back to PS4, and we're looking at Killzone Shadowfall, do you think it lives up to those sort of heights? Because I remember when that when that game came out, everyone was talking about it. Everyone was talking about the graphics and how amazing that game was. I think it's a bit of a difficult one to say. The Souls games are always their own niche. And granted, they're an ever-growing niche, and it's a really popular game. And especially among the hardcore, most hardcore people you spoke to will have played a Souls game at this point, I would say. But it is more niche than Spider-Man is. In terms of the launch library, I honestly think the PlayStation 5 got the strongest launch library in PlayStation history. And I, I would say probably console history, because you've got Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is superb. Absolutely fantastic. We can all agree on that one being yeah, amazing. All of us. And granted, this cross, you know, it's cross gen with a PS4 as well. But with the ray tracing implementation and the 60 frames in performance mode, that game stands out as a technical marvel. 
but we've never really had launch titles be cross-platform before. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that. None that I can remember, really, if we're, if we're looking back between, you know, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3. I can't remember any sort of cross-generation uh, titles there. Um, not on PlayStation, but on Nintendo, Breath of the Wild was both on the Wii U and the Switch on launch. Yeah, and that was a big game too. I, I think that the reason why Demon Souls excels as a launch title is because it shows off what the system can do even at this stage secondly it's a game for the hardcore which is the people that would be buying the console on release so it makes sense and thirdly it's a game from playstation's heritage which has been lovingly remade by bluepoint with killzone shadowfall as a launch title it basically showed off what the ps4 could do five years down the line in mm. terms of graphics nothing else around that time that i can remember anyway achieved though that graphical fidelity in my opinion it was only later on to the console um, generation that we were able to see games sort of get to that level yeah i mean when we got to like horizon zero dawn uncharted 4 exactly the console had matured by then yeah but for shadowfall to to reach those heights on launch was something crazy granted most of that is gorilla that's gorilla being gorilla isn't it they're just busted that's what they do they're just fantastic at at getting the most out of a console so we've got miles morales which is a cross-generation um game sure. which we all enjoy yeah we've got demon souls which is a remake of a previous game mm-hmm. ratchet and clank is going to be the first original ps5 title isn't it yeah, I suppose so. Well, from the first party, you mean? Because there's been more. There's been Godfall, isn't there? Godfall's exclusive, but nobody cares about Godfall. Yeah, well, that's not even in the conversation. We could just cut that straight out of the podcast. <laughs> 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 for all the five people that bought Godfall, I feel sorry for you. I really do. I don't. You made a choice and it was wrong. I've watched a bunch of streams on it and it does look gash. <laughs> I don't swear very often, and that that game looks terrible. There were so many graphs. I watched um, Maximilian Dude's um, stream of it, and it is it is terrible, man. I remember watching the the first couple of trailers, and I was just like, this combat looks so dull. Yeah, yeah, it looks boring, so man. boring. Boring. The game looks fantastic. It looks so beautiful, but it just looks so archaic. It's, it's it looks like a cheap God of War, and I'm slightly on that area of being converted into liking god of war after my recent playthrough uh, but the point i was trying to make is that you know spider-man it wasn't a full game as such and it was cross generation demon souls is a remake of a previous game okay it's improved dramatically so ratchet and clank is going to be our first fully fledged game purposely made for the ps5 with a brand new story yeah yeah probably but i don't think that's i don't think that's a negative because you think about how many playstation 4s are in the world right now they they knew, obviously they were warning for a long time about how limited stock was going to be for PlayStation 5. And I'm surprised they even launched it in this current climate, to be honest. And so it would have made perfect sense for them to release it on PS4, PS5 and not isolate it on that platform, especially for Spider-Man. Having Ratchet and Clank as the first big game on PlayStation 5, does does that lineage, does that does that name live up to the hype for you guys like i love ratchet and clank but i don't know if it's universal something like Killzone would be for ps4 and your statement on this being the strongest lineup i don't think i agree on oh i think when you look at a game like mars moranis you kind of put it down a little bit there when you said it wasn't a full game i've had plenty of games that have been similar runtime and they haven't been anywhere near the production level of mars moranis which i thought was an absolutely superb 
superb experience. I 100% agree with you in, in the sense that you're saying the production value is incredible. But if we're taking Miles Morales in the left hand and in the right hand, we've got the original Spider-Man that we had on the PS4, it's half a game. For everyone that listened to our previous podcast, they already know I love Miles Morales. I'm not trying to diss it. I'm just trying to put it into context that this is half a game. This is a remake of a game, Demon's Souls. Ratchet and Clank is going to be our first fully-fledged PlayStation 5 game. I'm really hyped for it. But does that name live up to it? Should it be an Uncharted, for example? Ooh. Should should it be Resistance? I know we're all going to agree on that because I would love a Resistance, right? But should it be a full game, full brand new game for PS5? I don't think it needs to. And the reason why is because Demon's Souls is very niche. I was a big PlayStation 3 gamer. I'd never played it. And I played all the rest of the Souls games. And it's the one that aged the worst. And for them to be able to bring back a game which is extremely popular with a very small subset of people and then reintroduce that to a whole new generation of people, including myself who's played every single Souls game bar that one, I think it's really hype. I think it's a really great game to launch with, personally. From what you've said on paper, that seems madness. Why wouldn't you want the next Drake's to be the launch title for PS5, the next Resistance, the bet, the next big God of War to be a game that you launch with your 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 new console, you know, that shows off all this different technology that's involved. I know Miles Morales definitely showed off ray tracing, right? But there's a lot more technology in that console. That there's a lot more possibilities out there, right? I hear that, and that's exactly why I think they're doing Ratchet and Clank rather than something else, because the whole point of this new Ratchet and Clank is about like hopping in rifts and changing dimensions and it's basically using the ssd times that's why this game isn't on ps4 because the ps4 couldn't do it if it was capable or if that wasn't the whole gimmick of the game it would be on playstation 4 but it's not phil we've been talking about demon souls for quite a while but what have you been playing well i've been trying to um catch your boys up on spider-man oh yeah as you know i have completed the game done the main story sure that we spoke about in the last podcast so i've been going around the city trying to complete all the challenges um, trying to pick up all the uh, lost items, trying to retrace all the steps around the city and uh, yeah, power up all the suits. And have you done it yet? Have you got your platinum? I haven't yet. I'm still in the process, but um, yeah, loving every minute. I do find those challenges are quite difficult. On Spider-Man PS4, I was really keen on three-starring all the individual challenges and doing them as well as I could. And then it crushed me when I realized that I didn't have to do that for the trophy list. So this time... I thought ahead and I checked and all you had to do is get amazing on every single challenge, which basically means just attempt it really? and complete it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to three star them. Okay. You've opened my eyes. Save yourself a hassle. I've, I've been doing each mission as they come just to get the um, the extra move that you get from completing them. Some of them are very easy. The the one where it was like, don't get hit while you take on a certain amount of like holodrone or holobots. That's where I did my hundred, my hundred times combo challenge was in that one. Yeah, yeah, that, that mission. That one didn't phase me, but but some of them are are very difficult. I the the ones I tend to struggle with is the ones where you have to traverse uh, different sections of the city. Oh, you're reading my mind. I always find those very difficult. In Spider-Man PS4, I was fine with them, but this time now in Miles, you've got obviously Venom Jump, and so it rewards you for going back to them way later on and using Venom Jump in that to be able to get through the markers really quick. And I just did not master that. 
I think like when I'm when I'm traveling around the city though, I have I'm listening to the music and I feel like I'm going through really smooth and I'm like, yes, you nailed that <laughs> jump to myself, right? As I do it, because it all looks really slick. But as soon as there's like that timer at the top of the screen, my fingers just go to shit. I don't know <laughs> what it is, right? I just fall apart. I'm like, I don't know how to jump. It's tricky, isn't it? Because the way the city's all laid out and how it runs with just holding R2, you can fly headfirst into a building, but then you'll start running up it. And so you're like, oh, it still looks all cool. It's all really free-flowing. But with those traversal challenges, it's a set route, and they're hard to hit those points. Mate, I'm even throwing in little maneuvers in between jumps, right? That's how smooth I'm flowing through the city. But as soon as there's that time up at the top, it's just the pressure it hits me, and I just fall to shit. That's interesting to know. I might have to use that in the podcast later on. If you start going off about something and I'm not agreeing with it, just put an on-screen timer up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And maybe. then you'll start you'll start falling apart, then I can rip you apart in an argument. But have you unlocked all the suits now? So I've unlocked the programmable matter suit, but I haven't locked the Daft Punk suit just yet. The programmable matter suit is terrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's not worth the effort. I hated it. It's not nice. I think in all the pictures, it looks amazing. But when you actually get it on, it just doesn't translate that well. It's The problem is with it, it's the boots. I think mm. the chest looks so cool with the spider emblazed in red. But then the, the bottom of it, where they're red on the feet, I was like, oh, I'm not feeling that. I just thought, I thought the whole thing looked dog shit. No, no, I think it's a terribly ugly suit. I think everyone should just use Daft Punk. It's the best suit. If you own it. Which I don't just yet. <laughs> what I want to know, Phil, what are you thinking of going on to after you're done with Spider-Man? Because that's the only game you've got. Are you thinking of ticking God of War off the backlog or going on to something else? So as, as you know, I've been sort of dipping my toe into the streaming universe, trying to work out how that all works on Twitch. Because um, over COVID, I've been working from home. I'm blessed in the sense that I have a TV in my office so I can work and watch TV. You know, 99% of the time when I'm not watching Homes Under the Hammer, I'm watching Twitch. What a show. What a show, by the way. What's Dion Dublin up to these days, mate? I know you're a big fan. This is the second chair that Dion Dublin's had on this podcast. He's my boy, right? Has he been finding any absolute bargains for Homes Under the Hammer? There's some big advice there. And just as a side point, I have got my help to buy ISA all stacked up, <laughs> ready to go. So I'm just picking up a couple of tips every day just to see just to see what I should do in the future with my investment. Why don't you write into Dion Dublin and just ask him... Ask him if you can be on Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, mate, I've shouted him out twice on this um, podcast. He'll be straight into my DMs. Give him a proposition, mate. Be like, if you let me on Homes Under the Hammer, we'll let you be on our podcast. See what he says. Imagine that. Imagine that's one way to grow a podcast brand is to get Homes Under the Hammer involved. One of the most popular shows, I'm sure, on daytime TV between the hours of 10 and 11 <laughs> or whatever time is even on. I bet since COVID, though, the viewer figures have skyrocketed. Yeah, they probably have. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone's at home and everyone wants to know how to, you know, invest 100 grand and get 150 off a house. Come on. He's the guy on Twitter spreading the rumors about don't take the vaccination early. He wants it to keep going. He wants it to keep going. He's spreading misinformation. I don't know if that's slander. I don't know if I'll get sued for that. Can you know. imagine? <laughs> Just like, don't let it end. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah, we're, we're making too much money off COVID because the figures are so high. Anyway, what I was trying to allude to is that I've been watching a lot of Twitch and I've been dipping my toe 
doing a couple of streams here and there. So I've been doing some PC games, uh, streaming a little Necromunda, streaming a little Raid from time to time. I haven't mentioned the League of Legends because I feel like, yeah, I, I'm not confident enough to go into that because the feedback would be terrible. But I have got my PlayStation 4 hooked up, so I'm thinking of revisiting a couple of titles um, on my list. I do, I do want to go back and complete God of War Good. after your recommendation, Davey. Um, it's the first thing you've ever told me that now I believe. For the audience, if you don't know, some of the recommendations in the past have included The Last of Us. Actually, second. Second. Fair play to you. Last of Us was great. That took how many years for you to get round to that? Five years, maybe, for you to get round to that recommendation? God of War's now two years. But on the flip side, I recommended Half-Life 2 to you. But you played it at the worst time ever. Yeah. It wasn't a good idea for me to, t- to play it then. It was fine. It was a fun game. It was fun. Just, um... That Cloud City place, I hated that place. <laughs> but the Gravity Gun was cool. I'd, li- I'd like to do uh, a bit of God of War. I was thinking of maybe Doom 2, uh, streaming that a little bit. Uh, but I haven't got around to that yet. Spider-Man is taking up all my time. So I, I need to platinum that before I get back to my streaming. Every single episode of this show, I mention about writing in to the email, gmail.com. Well, we finally got some listener mail. Let's go, baby! So our first email is from our number one fan, and that's what he calls himself, Joseph Thomas. So I'm going to read this verbatim, and we'll go through it as we go, because it's a long question. So he says, Hello, gents. It's me, your number one fan here at it again. It seemed obvious to me, but I thought I'd let Davy and Phil know that Spencer was clearly paid off last episode by none other than Sony. Yes, you heard me right. What evidence do I have, you're wondering? Well, why else would he defend tapping the PS button to access the quick start menu? Sure, that's nice as a new feature, but why is it not able to be accessed by also holding the button, if that's been the standard for many years? Spencer, anything to say to that scathing accusation? Yeah, I'll tell, I got two responses to that dog shit question. So, you tap it because it's a quick access menu, it's quick. And you can't also hold it because you need a way to get back to the home screen. If, you, if, if, it, if it was both tapping and holding the button, how would you get home? You just always go to the quick access menu no matter what you do. I gotta say, from episode four, just like Spencer predicted, my opinions kind of changed on what I was saying last episode. And I really like the quick access menu told you. now. I told you. I still dine on the hill that I want customization because I want to be able to add my trophies into that mix because that is really frustrating still. Yeah, we should get customization. But in terms of actually going in there, going into game base, going into my sound settings, I'm actually using them a lot more than I anticipated I would be. It's actually great. And I really, really enjoy it. And I hardly ever go back to the proper full-on home screen now, which is really weird. Yeah, it is. But Joe goes on. This would also explain the bizarre belief that Miles is better than Peter as Sony have pumped a lot of money into the marketing and advertisement of the newest entry in the franchise, of course. And he says, do with this information as you will, lads. Much love, Joe. Spencer, again, this is aimed at you. This <laughs> yeah, is, the, is, the sniper shot is on you. Shots fired. Have you got a, got a shot fired on that soundboard, Phil? Unfortunately not. Oh, mission failed. We'll get it next time, lads. My brother only bought me the stream deck with six buttons. So, you know. Cheaped out, cheaped out. You got Christmas soon. Maybe you'll get an extra couple more buttons. I've got, I've got this one for you. <laughs> Understand that! So maybe... Can't that one... <laughs> use that. We can't use Westwood in here. 
Maybe that'll feature a little later. <laughs> we got his password. <laughs> why are we doing this? Why have we given him a? Why has he got a sound deck on a on this podcast? I don't know. I can't believe we're using it. Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jesus. I like Christ. it, mate. I think it's a great addition. Oh god. Oh god. But Spence, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, no, I understand this one makes sense because a lot of people prefer Peter. Mostly everyone prefers Peter. And it makes sense too because that's who everyone grew up with, is who everyone loves. I do still love Peter. Like, I'm not saying anything bad about him. I have him on my arm. I love Peter Parker. I love his story. But I don't know. I just do like Miles maybe a bit more. I think it's the extra powers and stuff and it's the differences they've made with it. Now, I do want to bring something very important up in this podcast. Later on, we're going to be discussing Spencer's new TV that he's got. I need to know, is that a Sony TV that you have, Spence? It's a Samsung. Okay, all right. That puts that to bed. So I was thinking for a moment that maybe that sponsorship deal was that lucrative that you got yourself a new TV out of it. (laughs) But I'm glad you're just talking shit. Exactly. Anything, Anything to add to this discussion, Phil, other than soundboards? Um, well, I've already got six buttons, so I'm running out of uh, sounds quite quickly. What Spencer's saying, I think, is the opposition to the argument here, isn't he? You know, the majority have grown up with Peter, but I suppose it's an older crowd, isn't it? I think Spencer being 22, are you, Spence? 22, but I did also grow up with Peter. I was literally in the cinema when I was like four or five watching the movies, and I've read the comics. But I suppose you're more willing to accept a a newer Spider-Man coming in. I think, for me... All these grey hairs on my head. It's it's a harder pill to swallow for me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. So our second question that we got is from FPL TV. So FPL TV are a YouTube channel that you guys should check out if you enjoy fantasy football. A big channel. But they've wrote in with a burning, seething question that I really want to hear your guys' opinions on. He says, All right, lads. Removing bias, which console design do you prefer? And if the roles were reversed, so the Xbox looked like the PlayStation and PlayStation looked like the Xbox, would you still feel the same way about them? So, of course, we're comparing here the Xbox Series X. I think I've got that right. Yeah, that is. No, it is Xbox Series X. (laughs) That is right. Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. Which console design do you prefer? Phil, over to you first. As a lot of our listeners know, I've got a heavy sort of PC background. I'm influenced on a lot of my choices by by that heritage. And all my PCs are big black boxes, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't go for the whole neon lights. I don't go for the water cooling. I spend my money more on the graphics cards and the processor just to get them the max out of the computer. I don't care what it looks like. It sits under my desk. When I first saw the new Xbox, the new PlayStation, in all the photos, I, I was actually hyped about the PlayStation more than the Xbox. But now I have a PlayStation. I just don't feel like it's executed as well as I'd like it to be. It's it's huge. It's bulky. I don't feel like I, I, I just don't like it personally. I see it on my on my shelf now and, and I, I just don't I just don't like it as much as maybe I would like the design of the Xbox. Of course you've got the PlayStation in horizontal mode, don't you? I have, yes. With the Xbox, would you have to have that in horizontal mode as well? Yes, I believe so, yeah. I don't think I have space to have any kind of vertical consoles, really, unless, unless they're hit, completely hidden. When I first saw the Xbox Series X, I thought, oh, it's just a box. It looks so boring. And then obviously you had those class memes that came out where it looked like a mini fridge. 
And they always make me laugh, and they are good. But what's quite interesting is the more time that's gone on, the more that design has grown on me. I actually really think it looks really elegant and really nice. I love the PlayStation 5 design. I absolutely adore it. But in terms of if both consoles were lying down, I think both in horizontal form would look trash. I don't, the Xbox, the only thing that's good about it is the top of it looks cool with the green light coming through. Yeah. And that obviously wouldn't be showing in horizontal. To be fair, going, going back to what I was saying, like in all the photos, when I was looking at the, the PlayStation 5 um, stood up, it, it looked beautiful. But as soon as I've got it in, in, in situ, in my cabinet, lying down, I think it looks trash. And, and maybe it would be the same for the Xbox because all the photos I'm seeing online, everything on Twitter, it, it is vertical. I'm not seeing anyone show off the console lying down. No. I've heard a lot of opinions of people saying they can't stand either console laying down. Everyone just likes them vertical and obviously that's the way they're intended to be. I really like my PlayStation 5 horizontal. I really do. I don't like it as much as vertical. I think vertical actually looks stunning. It looks like a work of art. Horizontal, it just looks decent. It looks fine. If it didn't have the blue LED, it would look trash. Hmm. But that blue LED really makes it a little bit better. I think it was completely the opposite, though, with PlayStation 4, because when I had the PlayStation 4 downstairs, it, it was horizontal underneath my TV, the same place the, the PS5 is. But now I have it upstairs, all my streaming setup, I have it stood up next to my, my computer. And it just doesn't look as nice. I, th I think each console probably has its sweet spot, right? Yeah. You're never gonna you're never gonna stand a PlayStation One up on its side because it doesn't fit on its side. But the ones where you have those options, I think there is a preferred stance for the console. And for the PS Five, I believe it's vertical. For the Xbox, the new Xbox, it's going to be vertical as well. But which design would you prefer out of the two? If they say say we got on a ver they're both vertical because we've seen them both look vertical. Which one do you both prefer? I prefer personally the PlayStation. However, I haven't seen an Xbox Series X in person yet. So I think I'd like to see the size comparison between the two. And if it is that much more dinkier, then maybe I might feel a little bit different. But I do think it's a little bit too plain for me, for my taste. And I'm quite glad by how exaggerated the PlayStation 5 is because I think it looks cool. You are quite a flamboyant guy, aren't you, Davey? So you like that flair within those consoles. But but for me, I, I, I'm probably on the opposite end of the scale. I'm, I'm much like you. I've not seen the Xbox in person. I'll probably end up owning it because I, I generally buy any, every console as they come out. Uh, if it's worth buying, if there's a game, which there isn't for the Xbox currently. I think if you remove the name badges and they were both nameless consoles, and they both played the same thing, I would definitely buy the Xbox over the PlayStation. Interesting. What about yourself, Spence? The score is currently one-to-one. -one. one point to Xbox and one point to PlayStation, and I am the deciding vote. My console, my PlayStation 5, is in vertical, which, as we've all said, is the preferred way to be. I haven't seen an Xbox in person either, same as all of us, but when I'm playing my PlayStation and I'm looking at the games and I, I see something beautiful, I'll appreciate it and look down because my PlayStation's directly below my TV and I'll look down and just look at the PlayStation and be like, that is beautiful and I'll appreciate it. Whereas I think if I had the Xbox design there, even if it was still a PlayStation just in an Xbox box, I don't think I'd like to look at it nearly as much. Maybe I would, maybe it, if I see one in person, I'll change my mind, but I prefer the PlayStation design as well. So for us, it's 2-1 from NPS We Trust. That was a pretty tight vote, and I think either of us could go either way on this with none of us actually seeing the console in the flesh and none of us outright hating the design for either console. I do want to know what you guys feel about the Xbox Series S, because to me, it looks like a shit subwoofer. 
looks horrendous. <laughs> and I honestly, I saw that console. Out of the two, it's the one I'd buy. I, I am quite tempted to buy an Xbox Series S just so I can play Game Pass games. But that console would be hidden out of the way, preferably with some kind of screen in front of it because it looks like some kind of grotesque creature. I hate it. I think it looks awful. For that price point, though, you can't really argue. What was it, 249 This argument had a bit of weight, I think, before you had a digital PlayStation 5 in question. When the price came out for it originally, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be revolutionary. But then when they released the digital version of the PlayStation 5, I think it kind of took the wind out of the sales for the Xbox Series S. But if you are a consumer that just wants to play cards, you just want to play Fortnite, you just want to play FIFA, then 249 and you're done. Yeah. You know, like, if you're not interested in, in the next Ratchet and Clank, if you're not interested in Demon Souls or Miles, then, you know, if you're more like, I suppose, what would we call these people? More more casual, just more, more casual, casual, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, casual. I didn't want to put them down by saying casual. But if we if, if, if we just say more casual, then 249 and you're done. And what are you paying, like $9.99 a month? Is that how much Game Pass is these days? It's cheaper than that, I think. It's way cheaper than that. I think it's, six, it's yeah. a pound for your first month. I think it's three or five pound a month. Oh, I'm thinking of the PC and Xbox version of that. And I think that's a tenner a month yeah. where you can get Game Pass across the two because I got PC and that's that's probably what's marketed to me. Yeah, I would argue to that, if you're that casual, that that would be your only system, why not just stick with a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox, series, uh, Xbox yeah, One? Yeah, I agree. Because there's no real difference between the two of them and it can't really outperform them that much. Sure, frame rate's different. But you're not going to notice that on card, are you? It's Christmas. People want something new to open. True. You know, That's a good point. If I'm a mum, or if I'm a dad, if I'm a mum, <laughs> if I'm a dad, and my son is a gamer, I don't know where I went for mum. I like I like that you saying, if I was a mum. <laughs> if I was a mum, my son or daughter, and he or she was a gamer, I, I would think that buying the next console would be a jump. I wouldn't know all the plus points. I wouldn't know all the minuses yeah. for buying the new console. I would I would see it as being a better console. Yeah. But do you think then that's also going to go against Xbox when it comes to this holiday season because of their their naming convention being so hard to understand? Where even I, who talks about this stuff on a podcast, still can't wrap my head around which one's the new one or not. <laughs> How do you think a, a mother going to Argos to buy one is going to know she's not especially when the price difference compared with the xbox series x and the xbox one x is probably not that much price difference unless they've heavily discounted it now because they've discontinued it i think i still can't tell if you're gassing this up slightly davy or if this is genuinely you don't know the naming conventions of xbox this is honestly honest to god this isn't a running joke this is truth this isn't a mess around this is honestly me not knowing which one is which and I just find it so confusing. But it will be interesting. I mean, it's difficult. Nobody can get their hands on any of these consoles at the moment no. anyway. So, you know, little Timmy isn't getting a console from Phil when he turns into a mother. <laughs> you know, that isn't happening because nobody's getting them. No. But it will be interesting to see kind of where this generation goes with the Xbox Series S because I think it's a really inventive strategy. And I really applaud Microsoft for it. I think it's a fantastic strategy. And it's got me to the point where I will invest in Xbox at some point to get that and to get hold of Game Pass to play Halo. But uh, I'm not doing it right now. And I hate the design of it. It just looks ugly. But you guys, I don't think you guys have answered that question. 
Do you? What do you think about it? Do you think it looks like I do, like an act against God, <laughs> or do you think it's actually all right? I agree with exactly what you said earlier, where it looks like a dodgy ass subwoofer. The f- I don't know why they chose to make it all white, and then just a big black subwoofer on the top. It just it, it looks like an ugly speaker. If it was black, it would look fine. Yeah, if it was it? entirely black, it look it look great. Obviously, the key thing about the Series S is it's a cheap way to play next generation games but the downside is you don't get that exact next generation experience because also you're limited to 1440 you don't have quite as much stuff as the series x it is ugly but it's still quite good i think it's a great idea but i i don't know if i'd ever get one i have a pc for game pass so i have no interest in it whatsoever for me and this probably influences my my choice on on ps5 i'm not a big fan of white consoles don't really like them you know, when when I look at my TV, and that's where you know the console will 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 sit. Mm. It's it's all black. I'm not. I, I don't have a white TV. I don't have a white DVD player. My Apple TV isn't white. You know why why sudden why suddenly is my console white? What about the Wii? The Wii was white. My console is, and I've got the Smash Brothers Special Edition one, Ooh. which I purposely bought. Your PlayStation Three, if I remember, is white, is not. Yes, but David, did I buy that PlayStation? No, I did not. <laughs> an ex ex girlfriend bought me that, and she bought me the God of War Special Edition, and that's why she's an ex. Understand that? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a lot of use out of this today. You're getting a lot of use out of this. There's been a number of rumors circulating on the internet once again, and this isn't a new rumor. This was originally came out about six or seven months ago, as far as I'm aware, but it's had a lot of credence. Because the leaker who leaked this rumour was responsible for leaking the God of War Ragnarok title a year before it was actually shown. So it has a lot of precedence behind it. The rumour in question is that Bluepoint, the studio who just did Demon's Souls for PlayStation 5, are three years into the development of a Metal Gear Solid 1 remake for the PlayStation 5 exclusively. And the rumour is that it will be shown on the Game Awards, which is a day after this podcast goes live. So first, before I get into my topic, what are your thoughts on that, boys? I've not had an awful lot of experience with Metal Gear. I've played 4, which was just like watching some cutscenes, really. But I did enjoy it. I played Rising Revengeance, which is different, obviously, but it was great. Love that. Hack and Slash, Devil May Cry kind of shit. And I've played Twin Snakes. So my Metal Gear experience isn't great. So I've I, I've played the majority of the the Metal Gear Solid uh, games, and as our listeners know, I'm a big fan of Hideo Kojima. But do we really need a third version of Metal Gear Solid One? See, this is where I was about to go. Yes, because obviously I'm younger than you boys, um, so I didn't really experience Metal Gear One, and Blue Point are damn good at making remakes. So if they make this as good as the original and a new way for people to experience it, such as myself, then I'd very much like it, yeah. There's a lot of remakes. Every, every console these days seems to be remaking games, remaking games, remaking games. But is, is this the first one? It is, at least in my memory, of a third iteration of, of an original game. I think you're actually counting Twin Snakes, which you should not, <laughs> because that game is an abomination. That game is not a true remake of Metal Gear Solid 1. It is a bastard child and should be forgotten. Have you ever tried to buy Twin Snakes? 
Do you know how rare that game is? Do you know how much? Do you know how much it sells for on eBay? Christ. It's ridiculous, isn't it? it? Is I don't ridiculous. know how much it goes for. I'm looking at it right now. £150. But free postage. The reason why I'm so against Twin Snakes is because it basically put everything that was great about Metal Gear Solid 2 and just imported it lazily into Metal Gear Solid 1. And the problem with that, it had the same enemy placement, same enemy AI, kind of everything really, in terms of where they walked and everything else. The problem is, when you can see their cone of vision but you've got first-person shooting, so you can track them across the map and stay out of their cone, the game is just laughably easy. There's no need to stealth anything. You could just stand outside their cone, go into first-person, and get a headshot on them and track them out. But for me and you, Davey, this, is, this will be the third time we've played this game. So isn't, it will. Isn't, isn't this going to be ridiculously easy because we know everything that's going on? Do Bluepoint change games? In any way. They make improvements, yes. Mm. It depends on what they what their vision is for that game, I suppose. So if we look at the two previous games they've done, so in terms of Demon Souls and in terms of Shadow of the Colossus, both have been absolutely stellar. One from the PlayStation 2 and one from the PlayStation 3. With both of those games, they have added quality of life changes. So in Demon Souls, sure, the enemy AI and everything like that is exactly the same. The weapons all have the same damage stats, everything else. But now, when it comes to fast traveling, you don't have to return to the Nexus to travel to the next point. You can travel between worlds, which is something you couldn't do before. You've got a, a, just a lot of these little different quality of life things that make the game that much better. Now, in terms of the Shadow of the Colossus, they introduce a brand new control system because that game played like absolute shit. Even at the time, it didn't control very well. And they improved it. And they improved the system and made it a lot better. The rumour with this actually is a little bit deeper. I didn't think I'd have to really cover this, but I will. Apparently, the Metal Gear Solid 1 remake is going to have the same mechanics as Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh. So you're going to be able to do a lot more in that, in that environment, which would mean that they'll need to redesign those environments from the ground up. Now, I'm a little bit worried if it was anybody other than Bluepoint. If it's Bluepoint behind it, I have literally zero reason to worry because they are fantastic. If it was anybody else, if it was an internal Konami studio, I would be extremely worried about this. But with Bluepoint, I have absolute trust in them. The only other game that I can think of that's had this kind of ground-up remake treatment is Final Fantasy VII. And the way they did that remake was astonishing. Except for the ending, which was trash. The rest of that game was handled with so much love, care, and affection that if they decided they were going to do Metal Gear Solid 1 and put in Metal Gear Solid 5 controls, which is the best it's been in the entire series, in my opinion, I am all about that. Just for context for our listeners, my favourite game of all time is Metal Gear Solid 1. What I hope is that what we discuss in our Spider-Man spoiler cast, Phil, is that we have to beat Psycho Mantis with plugging in a PlayStation 1 controller. Somehow. Go down to my basement, dig out my PS1, somehow plug that in. Well, I'm, oh. sh- I'm, I'm sure it's possible via like USB, but you'd have to have a USB-C connector to a PlayStation 1 port. And, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> may- maybe these are freely available. But but you're talking, you know, a new, a new developer here. You know, Hideo Kojima's not involved. So do you, do you feel like the improvements they're going to make are going to be on the same level as Kojima? Would, would they imitate him? I think what they'd do is they would keep it exactly the same except for the actual gameplay and the level design which they'd modernize. Because if they went out and started trying to 
to change it in you know some some really abstract way such as kojima does with his games you know like it, it, it just wouldn't feel genuine would it you know blue point from what you boys have told me they're good at you know rooting out the the main problems that you would post on reddit about a game yeah i think that's fair yeah i think that's fair why wouldn't they do that with this game and it, and improve it on on a gameplay basis but not on a story basis i don't think they're going to touch the story I think they'll leave the story and they'll leave how the boss fights and everything work exactly as they are because they're yeah. perfect. The only thing is that game is that game is old. And even though it's my favorite game of all time, it has aged horrendously because of its time. I still love it because I've got so much nostalgia. And I think anybody who hasn't played Metal Gear Solid 1 for PS1, you owe it to yourself. It's a fantastic game. I honestly cannot rate it high enough. I honestly think that Bluepoint would treat it with so much care that if they are behind this, and if this is true, I'll be over the moon with it. Do you feel like they would get an equal response if they just re-released the older game on PS5 for these people who are so passionate about it that haven't played it to play it as maybe one of the optional downloads on on on, on PS Plus, uh, as opposed to remaking the game by a different developer when the architect of that game has moved on and started making new games. Well, I think you've got a direct comparison with that with Final Fantasy VII. Because Final Fantasy VII, six months before the remake was made, they released it on PlayStation 4 in its original PlayStation 1 form. And it didn't chart. Really? Okay. Didn't chart anywhere, no. Is that because they knew there was a new version coming on? No. Or just there wasn't that love? It's just because it's an yeah. older game. It's an older game that it has aged horrendously. And so the, the thing about it is, a PlayStation 2 or a PlayStation 3 game, you don't really need to remake them. You can remaster a lot of these games. You can kind of spruce up the visuals, and it's fine, and they play fine. Like Code Veronica, for example. That game came out in 2000. I played it on the PlayStation 4, and it was great. It was fantastic. Whereas a lot of these PlayStation 1 games, they were kind of experiment. It was all experimenting, really, in how you work in a 3D environment. And all these things were kind of pioneers for their genre. And Metal Gear Solid was so inspirational, and and is the, the herald for the stealth genre to come with Splinter Cell and Hitman and everything else. Unfortunately, they just don't hold up as well for people. I can't imagine a 14-year-old or 13-year-old or anything like that trying Metal Gear now and having the same reaction that I had to it when I was that age. You know, we, we've spoke to this previously on the podcast when you revisited Half-Life 2. All, all those dynamics, all those things that you would see in the game that was unique to Half-Life 2 had been done a million times. So why I'm playing the new Metal Gear Solid game? Why Why is this new to me? You know, I've seen it a million times in games. I'd argue that you haven't seen anything in the Metal Gear Solid games again. Because those boss fights in those games are the best fights, best boss fights in any game of all time, in my opinion. Fighting Foxhound in Metal Gear Solid 1 each boss is so unique, so memorable, and hasn't been done as well in any other Metal Gear or any other game, in my opinion. And obviously this is heavily biased because it's my favourite game of all time. But but all that is Kojima, right? Have have we ever had any official like kind of feedback from from the man himself as he as he tweeted about this no well his relationship with konami is obviously completely sullied sure there is a subsequent rumor that's getting steam as well and this could be something that's shown at the game awards too and this is heavily rumored and obviously take this with a pinch of salt and normally i wouldn't talk conjectural rumor but this will lead into my topic that we will get onto shortly i promise so the second rumor is that kojima's game that he's working on currently is silent hills 
that he's back on it and that Konami have given him license to do it. I don't think so. I honestly struggle to believe that rumor. I think that's yeah. a little shit because of how poorly that relationship ended. But at the end of the day, companies, when money's involved, do you really care? Like, if it's going to make an absolute bucket load of cash, why wouldn't you just let it happen? That's the thing. But it's a Japanese company and they, they're a bit more honor-based than an American or UK company. Money talks, bullshit walks, mate. To be honest, I've seen Metal Gear. I've seen it done a second time. Do I want it a third time? Probably not. I want a new game. Well, wait till the trailer. Wait for the Blue Point trailer to blow your mind. Because it's Blue Point. I want someone to pick that up and, 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 and go with it and give me the next iteration. And I don't want... <laughs> what was it? Metal Gear? Survive. Like Survivor or whatever survive. it was. Survive. Yeah, Survive. survive. Oh, God. I don't want that again. I want someone to do something meaningful with that IP or lay it to rest and let's not see it again. I was going to say that. So are you are you quite happy with somebody else taking the reins on it in Konami without Kojima being there? I'm more than happy for someone to give it a go, right? Like, ultimately, why not? It's, it's, it's one of their biggest IPs, and, and it's not up to Hideo Kojima. He's signed off on that, you know? They, they, they can freely make Metal Gear Solid games as they are, so why not push that boundary and make it into something else? You've got the fan base there. If it is a money-making exercise... We're all going to buy the next iteration of Metal Gear Solid, even if it is terrible and it's going to make money. So why not pick up someone, I, I don't know who that someone is, to take those reins up for that challenge and, and see where it goes. Yeah, it's a good point. Movie directors do it all the time, don't they? Yeah. There's many you know examples of different directors picking up movies and, and flying with it and, and maybe that being a success. And I don't see why it would be any different for video games. True. Good point. My favourite film of all time is Aliens, which is, you know, James Cameron taking up Ridley Scott's mantle with the Alien franchise and making a completely different spin on it. And and that's my favourite one in that series. So it definitely can be done. The Transformer series is, has been a crock of shit. If they rang me up, you know, and they said, Phil, do you want to write the next Transformer movie? It's going to be a banger. <laughs> Who would be the main bot in it? Because obviously... In the original Transformers movies, not not the the classic. I mean, you know the the Megan Fox ones. It's Bumblebee, obviously, is the is the main guy in that. Who would be your main Transformer? Bumblebee was never the the main guy in the cartoons. Isn't that their car? Isn't that their car that they have in in the Transformers movies in the in the new With ones? Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, and Megan Fox. To be honest, Davey, I, I've never I've never watched these uh, these new versions of the. Uh, it, it was always Hot Rod or uh, Optimus Prime that you you followed in the story. So give me a pitch then. What would be your version of a Transformers movie? And if it is exactly identical to the 1980s You Got Touch movie, then just say it outright because we don't need to go any more into that. Yeah, pretty much. I would do a live version of that, but I would have The Rock Johnson uh, voicing uh, Unicron <laughs> and I would have probably Arnold Schwarzenegger in it as Megatron slash Galvatron. I love that in our cinematic universe, Arnie's in every single movie yeah. that we make. Let's let's step let's step back, right? So So in the... In, in, in the movie, the Transformers movie, the only movie, you have the transition between Megatron and Galvatron, uh, where he kind of gets upgraded by, by Unicron. So let's have Arnie as the original Megatron, and let's have Sly as Galvatron. Now, that is okay. a movie. All right. I'd, I'd, I'd pay watch to watch it. it. It's got Arnie in it. I'd probably buy it. I'd probably pay for it. 
And The Rock's in it as well. So why oh, he's not? in Come everything. On. It's the next Fast and Furious, really, isn't it? It's just bringing in every kind of like action hero. The Expendables. It's The Expendables, but in the Transformers universe. But an animated movie. It'd be perfect. Oh, it'd be animated. It wouldn't be live action then. No, no, don't be silly. Well, I'm going to move on to my topic. So my actual topic of discussion, this is why I was linked to the Metal Gear Solid news. Obviously, this, this episode goes live on Wednesday the 9th of December. The Game Awards is the 10th of December. Now, boys, what I want to know, I want two predictions for what will happen at the Game Awards show. I want one to be a safe bet, so one that you can think this will definitely happen, and then let's go nuts with it. Give me something that would be a dream come true for you, or something that you'd love to happen, but you can't really see happening. Let's call it the crazy bet. Who wants to go first? My predictions for the Game Awards, my safe bet at least, not Sony related, even though this podcast typically is, I think they're going to announce the date of the release of Breath of the Wild 2 because we saw that rumoured, well, not rumoured, we saw that announcement trailer quite a long time ago, like a year ago, I think. Yeah, when was that? Was that shown, that wasn't shown E3 last year or anything, was it? It was E3 last year, yeah. Wow, so it's been that long that we've been waiting for news. And obviously with, obviously this is a PlayStation podcast, but we do have an interest in Nintendo as well and the competition as it sees fit. So there was the Musou game, wasn't there? The Destiny Warriors kind of Zelda game just came out, didn't it? Calamity of whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that's what you're thinking. You're thinking they're going to show that and the release date as well. I th- I think just a new trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, maybe show a bit more of what it is and yeah, just show the date. I'm not, I don't think it'll be soon, but a date announcement would be nice. When do you reckon it's coming out? Because obviously Nintendo Ooh. have been, other than Animal Crossing this year, there's been nothing really. You can say Paper Mario, but no yeah. one cares about Paper Mario. So other than Animal Crossing, it's been a pretty dead year for Nintendo. When do you think this is coming out? Shit, man. I didn't think about this. I'd like to think. I'd want it to be soon. I'm going to say Easter. Easter. So like April time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe March. I'm going to put something on this now as well, by the way. I'm going to I'm gonna sweeten the stakes. The next episode, we'll know how we've done, obviously. Whoever's done the best out of us, I will give you a prize. I haven't decided what that prize is yet, but there will be a prize involved. I'll, I'll reveal it on the next episode when we know a winner. Okay, that's a solid prediction. I have one more safe bet. Go for it. You, two? Beyond go, go. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I have two two for each. Two pipe dreams, two safe bets. Oh, okay. Putting in the work. My other safe bet, obviously we saw God of War Ragnarok announced. A cinematic trailer that would hopefully, because obviously they're not going to show us gameplay or anything yet, but a cinematic they could do. And hopefully what I'd like them to do is confirm whether it's cross-gen or solely PS5. That'd be big. That'd be big. That would be big. I, I honestly, I think it was a bit of a mistake them showing that God of War sizzle on the end of the last Direct they did. Because they didn't need it. The last Direct, the, the last like PlayStation stream they did for the console when they announced their price and everything like that was such a positive stream. Obviously, we were buzzing all night from that. They yeah, didn't need to end it with God of War. Like God of War was just too much for me at that point. I was kind of exploding with excitement. At that yeah, point. but they wanted that, didn't they? They wanted to obviously like blow their competition well out of the war. They wanted to make it as huge as it could be. So just a little little sizzle at the end. And everyone was like, oh. I was, I was <laughs> like that. Do you think it is going to be PS4 or PS5 or cross? I would like it to be PS5 solely because it doesn't, it limits it a bit less in my opinion. But I'm not sure if it needs the technology of PS5, if you know what I mean. 
Because I'd imagine it just being quite similar to the first God of War, but a different story. So I think it could be on PlayStation 4, but I'd, I'd rather it wasn't. So Phil, what's your safe bet? My safe bet for these awards would be some kind of version of PlayStation 5, which is tied to a game. We spoke earlier about Ratchet and Clank being the next next big game that's going to come out for PlayStation. Why wouldn't we have a Ratchet and Clank themed PlayStation? We've talked about the side plates being coloured. Maybe, maybe that's going to come out in the future. Or or maybe we just get a, a, a black PlayStation, you know? we I spoke earlier about not loving a white version of my PlayStation. Maybe they, they show us a, a black version of the PlayStation. I think it's pretty ballsy to think that we're going to get that uh, not even a month after the release of the console. I think that's pretty nuts. Yeah. When people are struggling to get a hold of the basic PS5 as is, and then they're going to have an exclusive Ratchet & Clank one. I think options... Uh, you know, like that's what people want. So if I'm if I'm going to walk in and I've not been able to get the original PlayStation and I can get a Ratchet and Clank PlayStation, that's going to increase sales, isn't it? Because that's what's on yeah. offer. I'm not going to lie. I'd be kind of pissed, honestly. I'd be kind of pissed in that this soon after release that I could get a special edition one with cool side panels, unless they sold the side panels separately, in which case that would be fine. But if they just yeah. did it as one whole package, I would be pissed off. I could totally see that happening where you have a PlayStation and it comes with exclusive Ratchet and Clank panels, but you also get the originals. Oh, no, I disagree with that. What I would rather see is when they release Ratchet and Clank, they release it with a collector's edition that comes with replacement side panels rather than selling them on their own or in a new bundle with the white ones. Agree with you on that. So as as Davey uh, spoke to earlier, I got the, the God of War PlayStation 3, and that was a, a white PlayStation special edition with a god of war handset yeah i'm not i'm not a big god of war fan what would be better was that i had i had the option to replace the god of war part in it so i don't see why they wouldn't bundle the ratchet and clank edition as you've said with with the original playstation so you get the original playstation 5 and then you get the playstation 5 ratchet and clank add-on which includes the two side panels and the game and a couple of like DLC bits and pieces. So it's just skins. Like if you just bought it separately, it would just be a collector's edition of Ratchet and Clank. But it would be all together as one package. Maybe that's what they could offer. I could see that. That's a bit more feasible. That's a bit more feasible, I think, than having it as just like, by the way, boys, we just launched this console not even a month ago. None of you can get it. You're all kicking off on Twitter. Guess what, though? <laughs> we got brand new console coming out with a new design on it. Everyone would go mental. But if they said, yeah, look at this. We got these side panels that you can buy separately or as part of an overall package. I can kind of see it. I think it's probably a little bit too early, but I don't think that's too bad. What is interesting here is that obviously no one can get the PS5. So then to release yeah. the only version of the PS5 that you can possibly get as a bundled version with a game... Isn't that a money-making scheme, right? They've controlled the amount of PlayStation they've released. They knew there was going to be issues with people getting PlayStation. So why wouldn't they, the next PlayStation they release, have an add-on which boosts the price? That's more of a retailer decision. Okay. And so retailers are doing that now. So Walmart in America keep posting out about how the fact they got a new bundle. But the only bundle you can buy is like $750. And that's because it includes the PlayStation camera, the an extra yeah. dual shock a game with it is so they can mug people off the same same way that on ps2 when people were queuing to buy a ps2 and they couldn't get one 
Instead of the only way that you could get one would be if you bought the warranty with it, that you could buy all this shit that you didn't <laughs> need. But that's a retailer move. That's not a console directed manufacturer decision. But I do understand what you mean. My safe bet is probably, I'm not going to lie, a little bit safer than both of yours <laughs> in hindsight. We've already had the first full trailer for Horizon Forbidden West. I believe that what we are going to have is an in-depth gameplay trailer. Not where they're really showing everything, but the fact that they might show the first five minutes of a level where you know that there's someone playing it. Just like they did for the Demon Souls, where they showed that like 15-minute little demo. I can imagine them doing that for Horizon Forbidden West. Would that be someone they bring onto stage and they're like, I've got Mac here playing X. Oh God, I hope not. I really hate those because they're completely set up. And is he really playing them? I don't know. Yeah, I hate those. I hope not. I hope they're just like, oh, and here we go. Here's our next trailer. And then it's just like captured on PlayStation 5. And it is just the trailer, but it's just a gameplay trailer. You want it to be captured on PlayStation 5. So played on PlayStation 5. So not on a development console on PC. Just like they did for the PlayStation 5, for the first initial like direct videos that they did for PlayStation 5, where they showed gameplay footage captured on PlayStation 5. And that's why that contrasted so much with Xbox's reveals, which were theatrical trailers. I'd want like a full gameplay, like five, six minutes maybe of Horizon. That's what my bet is. Exactly! So we got all our safe bets. I think some are safer than others. What about your crazy pipe dream bets? Spence, you started off. Do you want to take it away? Right, yeah, of course. Basically, it's never going to happen because it's insane. I'll go for my second one first because, again, I have two for each. This one's a pipe dream, but originally I had the God of War cinematic trailer in pipe dream. But I think that makes more sense than what I'm about to say. Um, And that's Last of Us 2 remastered. I think that's kind of safe because I think it's a thing that's going to happen. Even if it's not amazing, I think we'll get a 1440p 60fps version. I think you'll get a 4K 60 so we did have a Last of Us 1 remade, and that was the version I played. Yeah, the same version I played as well. Yeah, and that was in that was in 60, which the original one was in 30. So that was a, a big upscale. I can see it. Not now. The reason it's a pipe dream is because it's a bit soon. Only because you think this game is probably going to clean sweep the Game Awards, in my opinion. If it doesn't, I will be surprised. Yeah. But I think it's going to walk away with a lot of awards from the Game Awards. And then to have a trailer where they're remastering it. I don't know. I don't I just can't see it there. I can see it at E3 though. But they could make it make that the point. Whereas like, so you've seen all these awards. And what they do is they add to all the awards before the trailer. So all the awards they've just won, they'll be like winner of I don't know how they'd do it, let's be honest. But they'd be like they could show off the trailer for Last of Us 2 remastered and be like, didn't this game just win all, like twelve awards five seconds ago? You'd, have, you'd be mad not to buy it. <laughs> but know? then why would you buy it then? Because it's like, going to be 4K60. Like... You mad? No, but what, what I mean, what, would it be out day and day? Not, no, no, you're insane. Then there'd be no point to buy it because the, the whole point of the Game Awards is when you when you wrap it, the Game Awards, you get that cover where it's like, winner of 46 Game Awards, The Last of Us 2, and you could release that as a PS4 thing. Whereas if you're like, by the way, it's one of these, but in six months' time, you're going to get a way better experience, so why don't you just not buy it for six months? Well, it's already out, isn't it? I, th- I don't think anyone's going to be buying it based on its, on its game reward results. Anyway, I think anyone who's going to play Last of Us 2 will have already bought it, or will wait for the remaster, which could be however long. So Naughty Dog obviously knew 
the PlayStation were going to be moving into their their, their new console and and releasing The Last of Us 2 right at the end of the the PS4 sort of lifespan you know they they were probably conscious of this so yep. why why wouldn't they be working in the background to have a PS5 version of The Last of Us 2 see that also supports my point because uh Last of Us 1 was also released at the end of the PS3 life cycle and a year later we had Last of Us 1 remastered on PS4 it's a good point that's a really good point i think the thing you're more likely to get a trailer for would be the factions multiplayer mode. I'm not even joking. No, actually, you're right. You're right. I think we're going to probably get that. And then they say at the end of that, it's remastered. Oh my God, you're right. For PlayStation 5. I can't believe you're actually right. I know, I know. I'm sorry. You're actually right, mate. Because then it means that PlayStation 4 players get a new multiplayer mode, but PlayStation 5 players get to have the multiplayer mode and the better experience. And it's a way to buy the console so no one loses. That makes more sense to me. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I don't like it, but that makes a lot of sense. Imagine they change the platinum now, so you can't get it. So you Shut have up. to do like five hundred hours of <laughs> factions. Shut up, mate. Like I said, I have two pipe dreams. Okay. And uh, following the same kind of trail as my last one, uh, it's Last of Us Three. <laughs> no <laughs> fuck way. Off. Fuck off. No way. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. It's a pipe dream for a reason. I'd be actually furious if it, if it, if they're like. By the way, in 2027, you're going to play Last of Us 3. I'd be like, for fuck's sake, why are you showing me now? I mean, how how early was Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake? You know, that that was like announced, announced. years before. Oh, you know. 2015, five years before, I think it was. Five years of waiting for that. I never thought it would happen. But ultimately, why state the obvious? We know there's going to be a Last of Us 3, don't we? There's going to be a TV yeah. show, for God's sake. There's going to be the next game. So they don't need to announce that. <laughs> no, that's I want crazy, to. man. I want them to. That's it. It's not going to happen. I know. I've accepted in my heart. It's not going to happen. But if it does, that'd be sick. Well, it is what we said on the, on the tin. It is a pipe dream and it is a crazy bet. So, okay. Exactly. Bloody hell. What about you, Phil? What's yours? So my pipe dream, and I think it's been a pipe dream for a number of years, is them bringing back resistance. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Don't get me excited on this train. This is my personal dream come true. What would they do? Would it be a full-on ground-up remake? Would it just be a uh, kind of remaster? So they just spruce it up a little? And would it be the trilogy, or would it just be one or two of them? What do you think? Or a whole new game. So personally, I'm not looking for a remaster. I'm not looking for a remake. I'm not looking for a HD upscale 4K skin to this, this version of the game. I'm looking for a brand new version of resistance but maybe we can go down the reimagining route because i feel like that story may have played out well we never went to the chimera's home planet we never got to see what they look like so there's a lot we could do with it but i would jizz my pants for any resistance news i would freak out i'd be so happy with resistance 4 or even like you say a reboot of resistance 1 I, I would I, I just want a new game. I just want resistance in my life. <laughs> I don't want to see an old game reiterated. I don't want to see a new skin on an old game. I want to see a brand new game. A brand new that's why I love so much about I suppose Miles, the, the whole story is brand new for me, right? A whole new setting. So resistance, I love the universe. Let's take a different take on it. Let's go from a different point of view. Let's bring a new character in. So you're saying if they re released Resistance 2 with multiplayer 
which you and me sweated an entire year on, that you would not, one, play it, and two, buy PlayStation Plus to play Call Control, which we used to sweat. You wouldn't do it. You'd just be like, nah, I'll wait till Resistance 4. I think you can see me grinding my teeth there, Davey. I love Resistance. I love the multiplayer. So it'd be a very hard thing not to do to to buy <laughs> PlayStation Plus for that. Wow. We've said like a hundred times now, and especially myself, going on about how the fact they keep tweeting about Resistance mm. with nothing. And I've said a hundred times now, shit or get off the pot. I would love your prediction to come true. I would love it. I don't know. I think it is a bit of a pipe dream, but I don't want to believe it's a pipe dream. I, Spence, you're probably the best person to judge this rather than me because I'm so biased on it. What do you think about the reality of this happening? Well, obviously, there's been no leaks or rumours. I don't have any resistance experience, I think. Maybe I played it on PS3 at my brother-in-law's. I have no idea. If I did, it wasn't for a long time. But they've been tweeting about it. it it's always possible, but it probably is a pipe dream. And if you look on their Twitter, it's still in their header. Yeah. They're probably proud still. of the game, but they might just not know what to do with it yet. Maybe they're waiting till they know exactly what they intend to do with the IP and then, yeah, push it as far as they can. But for now, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably quite like a remake rather than a new game so I could get on it, same as Metal Gear and Demon Souls. I'm happy for remakes at the moment, so I'd like to see a Resistance remake. I'd love a remake of 1, 2, and 3. And I don't even need a remake. I just need a remaster. I don't. It doesn't need to be remade. It's only a PS3 game. It doesn't need to be remade ground up. Especially a shooter. Like something like Demon's Souls, it looked like shit. Yeah. Demon's Souls looked like shit. It needed a remaster. Whereas Resistance 3 and Resistance 2 look fine. And they're great and they play really well. Resistance 1's a little bit worse. But they don't have to do much to spruce that. Any Anything you give me, Insomniac, I'll buy it. I will buy it if it's got Resistance on it. Just don't fuck me over like you did with Retribution. Do, do you know what? One of the worst things, I don't think I've ever shared this, and this is when I, I, I thought I hit rock bottom with trophy hunting. On PSP, no, sorry, on PlayStation Vita, there is a Resistance game called Resistance Burning Skies. It was shit, all right? It wasn't done by Sonic, it was trash. And I bought it secondhand, and it was at that time where if you didn't buy a game new... If you wanted to play online, you had to buy a code to play online. And it was £10. Oh, awful. I remember that. Awful. I might have played that. Terrible practice. Terrible practice. It was awful. Well, the last trophy I needed was to hit level 5 in multiplayer, right? Which was playing three games. I'd done every single trophy. The last trophy I had left. I spent £10. <laughs> <laughs> to play three games so I could get the final trophy, what a bronze, a so I could pop sucker. the platinum. Oh, I know, they saw me coming. So I ended up spending more on that game than what the retail price was because I needed to get that for the platinum. <laughs> That's my worst gaming story ever. It's worse than using a turbo fight stick to punch a boulder on, resist on Resi 5 Professional Difficulty. That's the worst one. £10 I paid, 9 99 to play online for three games, got the Platinum, uninstalled it, put it away, I've never touched it since because it was shit. <laughs> but I had to get the Platinum, I had to. Oh man, such a sucker. My crazy bet might be the most unrealistic out of all of us. Alright? PlayStation All-Stars 2. 
I would shit the bed if this got announced. <laughs> I loved that game. I'm a massive Smash player, and all I'd want them to do would be to lean into Smash more. Rip it off 100%, but with PlayStation characters, I would shit the bed. What do you think of the odds on this one, boys? <laughs> I think I think the odds are zero. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but <laughs> but I would love it to happen, but I don't want them to go down the Smash route. I quite like them having... Can I use the word shitness of the original? It, you could definitely say the shitness of the original. The shitness it was of the original. A, it, it's yeah. a fundamentally flawed fighting system. You needed a super to take the stock. <laughs> it was, so, it was so bad. It was almost like they'd never discussed or never even thought about fighting games before they created it. They just jumped in with a bunch of ideas and they were like, here it is. It looked like they watched one trailer of Super Smash Brothers and thought, oh, we can make that. They're like, oh, Final Smashes? Oh, let's just do that. That's how you kill people, obviously. And then that was it. If, if, if they did what Davey said and made it a, a clone basically, of Smash, where there was actual blast zones and such. Oh my god, would I love to play that game. And if they made a PlayStation port where I could plug my GameCube controller in, which obviously would never happen. Oh. It would never happen in a million years. But Jesus Christ, would I love it. Are we talking pipe dreams on pipe dreams here with a PlayStation port to a GameCube controller? Might be, <laughs> we might be. Yeah, that's, that's, a pipe, that's an Inception level pipe dream, that is. Christ. I tell you what I'd love, boys would be for it to be a, a 2D fighter. Okay. So like how Street Fighter is on Mortal Kombat, that, but with PlayStation characters. Okay. So it's a proper fighter. I feel that. That's actually sick. So kind of like what Riot is doing, because they have these these very famous characters that people love, but put them in that kind of 2D, you know, beat them up. That's, that's yeah. the way I'd go for it. That's the way I'd that go for it with my, my version of PlayStation Battle Royale. It'd just be PlayStation All-Stars 2, but it'd be a 2D fighter. Get Capcom on board, get Arc System Works to develop it, make it so you got got you know, you got Kratos, you got Spider-Man, you got Nathan Drake, but it's in a 2D fighter. So Drake would obviously be then a zoner with his guns and stuff. Kratos would be more up close, he'd be a bit of a brawler. There's so much you could do with that that I think would just make it a really hype fighting game especially if you've got a good studio on it and that's the problem is that so you don't have any internal fighting game studios so they'd need to outsource it get arc system works to do it they're so good at this what they did with dragon ball fighters turn that a dragon ball game into a one of the best fighting games of last generation especially but i'd probably argue of all time with the dragon ball license imagine that with the playstation <laughs> license my god it just prints money but it's a definitely a pipe dream. So you've mentioned three names there: with Drake, Kratos, uh, and uh, and what was the other? I mentioned Drake, Kratos. That's all I mentioned, wasn't it? Okay, you've but me- you've mentioned you two could names. you could put you could you could put a Chimera in there, you could put a Hellgast in there, you could put in Lara Croft, you could put in Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Hang you on. could put in a Dan Fortescue from Medieval. You've got. Cole from Infamous, um, the guy from Jin, I think his name is from Ghost of Tsushima, Ellie and Abby from The Last of Us, Joel. Oh man, this game would be so hype. Abby would have the golf club. Uh, if you haven't played the game, you still won't understand what that means, but she'd definitely have a golf club as a weapon. That would be a fatality. 
Uh, this is my question, mate. Which which of those characters you've listed off would you main in that game? I'd main Snake because oh, Snake would. would definitely be in there. Snake would be in there. Snake would be my number one. After him, it would probably be Kratos in in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Of course, a catchy name, classic name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst name for a fighting game ever. In that game, Raiden was my main because Snake wasn't in there because that roster was pretty shit, sure. and he was overpowered. And he was bust ass. <laughs> yeah, he was so busted. I'd probably play. I'd play Snake just because he's my boy. Mate, I would hundred percent play Ellie and Dina's baby. It's my main frame one. Yeah, the, the hitboxes on that baby would be nuts when they'd be so hard to hit. I think that baby would play like Sonic, mate, and just roll around. I I think a character that'd be quite good in that would be Sackboy because he's quite small. So I think he'd have some. It'd be it'd be quite hard to hit for a fighting game character. But there's just so many. There actually is now. I mean, you've got what? 27 years worth of PlayStation lineage to call back on. There's no reason why if Smash can do it, Sony can do it. You could have a Demon Souls boss in there. Oh, just literally just pivot it off and just make it a 2D fighter so nobody compares it to that. Nobody compares it to Smash and you got yourself a winning formula. That's, that's brilliant. Fair play. Pipe dream, though. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but that sounds amazing. Print money. Print money. Well, that is our predictions for the Game Awards. Obviously, we will see next episode who's been victorious. And if you're listening to this after the date of the Game Awards, it'd be quite funny listening back to this episode and seeing just how wrong we were. <laughs> but whoever wins out of us, I will tally it up and we will go through the results next episode and we will see who's been the winner and they will get a prize of my decision, which is still to be decided. But have your say. I actually know that. Actually, I was going to say write in, like I always do. There's no point. By the time this is out, I don't know if you'll have submitted it after the Game Awards have gone live, so don't bother. Just let me know what you'd think and who you'd want to be in a PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. That would be hyped to know. <laughs> Give me some names of characters. I'd like to know that. Spencer. So in our last podcast, um, we discussed uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and, and you were telling me that you were playing it on your 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 PC monitor. Yep. Um, but we're all on webcam as, as as we record this, and I can see behind you a gorgeous TV. Is that 4K? It is 4K, mate. Yes, it is. HDR 10 plus. Let's go. So tell me the story. How how did you get it? Is this, is this brand new? Uh, it is brand new, mate. I've had it maybe three days, I think. Basically, it was a bit of a pain in the ass to get a hold of. As we all know, Black Friday's just passed. I wanted a TV. Black Friday is typically when people buy their TVs. And for some reason, I thought I'd wait until the last day to try and get a TV. So basically, I live in Newport in Wales. Don't anyone try find my address, please. I went to Curry's, which is where you buy technology here. Uh, found a TV, went up there. They had one in stock there. There was on the floor, like the obviously the model okay. they show. They said, sure. yeah, we can't sell you that one uh, because we need it to show it. And I was just like, oh, okay. They were like, and if you try order it online, I know it says you can. However, there's a queue of over 2,000 people ordering that exact model. So, um, what, from Newport? Yeah. I don't think that's exactly from Newport. Basically, it's a queue, and um, they would ship those models to the specific stores. So that queue was like 2,000 across UK. So they wouldn't let you buy the display model. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah? basically. I wouldn't really want the display model anyway. Norm- normally, when, when you buy a display model, it comes at a cheaper price anyway. So um, is well, that where you're... They didn't say anything about that. Yeah, I, I've bought a couple of TVs on display model before where 
the only the only downside to it is they're set to store mode. So you've got to somehow figure out how to turn it off store mode. And that's the hardest thing about it. But you get it normally like 100 quid off. Oh. And there's normally just a case to like, oh, there's a scratch over here. And you put a bit of screen cleaner on it and it comes straight off where someone's just been like licking the screen or whatever <laughs> manky people have been in curries that day. Yeah. So my situation, they literally just said, we can't give it to you. Um, and I was like, oh, that's fine. All right, I guess. And then uh, I went, I drove up to Cumbran. When in Curry's there, they had the same model on show. And I went up to the bloke. And I was like, can I can I get that model, please? And he said, no, nah, not a chance. And he said <laughs> the exact same thing to me of there's 2,000 people in a the queue. They're sold out in every store. You're not going to get one. And I was just like, oh, brilliant. All right. So I went home. This was at quarter to 10. And I checked Argos. And Argos had one in stock. And they shut in 15 minutes. So I got in my car, I drove, I went so fast. I was there at about 13 minutes to, it took me two minutes. It's like a 10 minute drive. It took me two minutes. I got in there, got my TV, drove home. I was home before it hit o'clock. Set my TV up, it's mounted to my wall. It turns, it's paying, it's beautiful. I got my TV, I was happy. So this, this, this TV must be uh, pretty special then. It must've been a deal. It was, Black Friday. Yeah. What 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 was the reduction? What what make? What model have you got? Um, it's a Samsung TU seven one zero two zero XXKU. I think. How do you know that off heart? That's actually really sad. You must love it. This isn't edited. That's him just looking up and and memorizing that. That's sad, mate. That's really bad. That's actually worrying. Mate, I was looking up TVs for weeks. You know that. Someone said to me, oh, what makes your models your your thing? I'd be like, uh, I think it's this inch. Like, I don't even know anymore. I could tell you the like make and not the model though. The size? No. And, size and the make I could tell you, but definitely not the model. <laughs> size I'm getting iffy on now. Maybe it's my age. Maybe, maybe you've got this to come when you hit your prime fill. <laughs> the size is going now. I can't remember what size it is in my room. Um, I know the one downstairs. The only thing I know the size of is is one big member, and uh, <laughs> and that's the only thing I know the size of. Intrinsically, I know that size. But are you just exaggerating, Davy? Well, we'll never know. We'll never know, will we? Until the until some someone leaks pictures online, <laughs> and then you've got to have two monitors to display it across. We'll never know. We'll never know. But I think we're talking about two separate things here. Uh, so yeah, that's the make and model. It's 43 inches. It's quite nice. I don't really know too much about its text. I wanted a 140, 144 hertz or 120 hertz TV, but I realized that would have cost me 800 pound or around that price. So I thought, fuck it. And it's just a 60 hertz. It has that true motion fake 100 hertz thing that I think most 4K TVs have. Sure, sure. Turn that off straight yeah, away. I hate I don't that. Like Turn it, yeah. that off immediately. So yeah, that's off. Makes everything look like a soap opera. Yeah, it does. A lot of the time with TVs, when it when it's sort of imitated in software, the execution generally isn't there, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I've seen it in the past, you know, it's not Apple making your TV. They sort of do a lot with their cameras in software. Sure. Stick with me where I'm going with this. You know, I, I've seen a lot of ratings and sort of a lot of lot of comparisons with the the new iPhone compared to one of the high end uh, SLRs and Yes, it's it's on the same level, but TVs when they try and imitate things in software, it it it, it just doesn't stick. So yeah, hundred percent, I just turn that straight off. Yeah. On Spider-Man topic, for those who don't know, 
we discussed how we played the game. Me and Phil played it in Fidelity. Spencer, you played it in performance due to the fact, mainly, that you were on a 1080 display. And so you can get the frames out of it. The ray tracing wasn't really there. And what you said on that podcast, if I remember correctly, is the first thing you were going to do was play all the previous games in Fidelity mode and see if your opinion changes. Have you done that? And has your opinion changed? I have done that. Uh, I haven't played Spider-Man because, frankly, it's uninstalled and I wanted to play Demon's Souls. I cared more about playing the game that I want to play. But first thing I did was put it to Fidelity and I do notice a difference. It's, it's nice, but Demon's Souls especially is why I'm still sticking with performance mode because Demon's Souls okay. doesn't utilize ray tracing and that's what I'm playing at the moment. I understand that. I understand that. I think the difference with Demon Souls, with performance and fidelity, there is a there is a difference. There is, there is. I can understand that one a lot more than I can with Spider Man. Yeah. Be interesting to know what you think about that actually. Might be worth are you thinking of picking up remastered at any point? Yeah, hundred percent. Since you, you haven't got the platinum or anything? Yeah, after I beat Demon's Be- Souls, that's probably my ah, uh, I dunno. Maybe maybe mid next year, actually. We got Sack Boys to run through. Exactly, yeah. And Call of Duty. Yeah, probably be a couple of months. Whenever you do get the chance to be able to do that and see the difference, because Remastered runs exactly the same way as like Miles Morales does in terms of how impressive it is yep. with the fidelity mode, I'd love to know what you think. But Demon Souls, I can, I can understand why you play performance. Yeah. The 60 FPS, it just feels so smooth. And if it used ray tracing and fidelity, maybe I'd be swayed. But I'm not at the moment, I'm not. The one thing I have an issue with is that obviously prior to my TV, I was playing on 1080p display. Why could I not have 1080p cinematic mode at 60fps? Because surely it can run it. I don't understand why fidelity mode has to be limited to 30. It's because at the moment they're, they're just spouting off that it can do 4K, isn't it? Like Phil said before, in a few different things, unfortunately, I've got to say that Phil's right. Options are better. And if they gave us the option to say, do you know what? Been off 4K, ray tracing, but it's at 60. I'd probably go for that option. Yeah. 1440p. With a HDR 1440p, I would be all about that. I would love that. I think Phil's right on this. Options. Options are the best way. Do you think, though, the majority of people care about this stuff? Or do they just buy the newest console, put it on the highest setting, and expect the best version of the game? I think it depends how early into the generation you're talking. I think at this point, you got the people that would care and would love those options. I agree. Later on, two or three years down the line, no. I think then it's the case of plug it in, whatever it sets it as, we'll go with it. There's, there's always going to be the people that, that min-max everything, right? There's always going to be people that strive for the best of everything. But I'm talking about the vast majority. I'm 16, I'm 18, I run downstairs, I've got my PlayStation 5 under the Christmas tree somehow. I plug it in. I'm going to just set it to the highest setting, aren't I? I'm not fully going to understand what any of this means. And I'm, and I'm always going to go for that fidelity mode, aren't I? But am I getting the best experience? I don't think so. I think it's down to, you need to understand the playing field these days. You, you, you need to do a bit of background reading into it to, to get the best out of it. But I, but I do think the majority of people will just bang on the higher setting and, and automatically expect that they're getting the best version of that game. I don't think that age is relevant. I don't. Because I, I remember how clued in I was at games when I was you know, 12, 13, it's not really too much change really in how I consume content other than I had a magazine then and now I use websites. There wasn't really any difference. 
I think it just comes down to the the person who buys that, whether or not they're what I'd class as a hardcore gamer or not. And if there's somebody who's buying it just to play Call of Duty, just play with his mates, chances are won't give a shit. Just put it on whatever it is and then won't even know the settings of the PlayStation. Yeah, we're, we're eliminating here the, the age, right? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're old, young, whatever. But I'm talking about mm-hmm. the vast majority of people that buy PlayStation. They're just going to set it on the higher settings and just assume that's the best experience. Probably, right? Yeah, the casual market. Yeah, probably. I mean, as we all know, I'm in college and a friend in my class was going to buy a PS5. And I was, I'm, obviously, I'm big on PlayStation. We're in a podcast. And I was like, oh, what games do you want to play? I wanted a good conversation. And he was like, oh, well, I just want to play FIFA and Call of Duty with my mates. And I was like, and you're sat in a queue for a PlayStation 5. Like, I understand, yeah, it will be a better experience. But you can you can do that on your previous console and not really be hindered. But that's specific to this generation of consoles, really. Because, you know, when, when we were moving between PS3 and PS4... I had to buy the PS4 for the newer versions of those games, generally speaking. I know there's going to be some edge cases here where maybe FIFA, whatever year, spanned across them. But the majority of the time, you had to buy the newer console to play the newer game. It's not... Those rules don't matter anymore, do they? It was a closed ecosystem, wasn't it? You, were, you, you didn't have the ability to be able to play cl- cross-platform with the previous generation, which you do now for the first time. So... I yeah you're totally right Phil like if all my mates were going to PS4 to play FIFA 17 or whatever then you'd have to go with it because you wouldn't be able to play them on the PS3 version but now there is that ability to do that but do the casual market even know that probably not and so that's where you're getting this confusion from I guess that's where I'm going with 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 my point is is there enough education out there that a PlayStation can can be set up multiple ways. It's it's not always the best to play on PlayStation 5. You can have an equal experience on a PS4 and you can still play the game to its full extent. You know, what more are you getting with the newer console? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, Core Duty, Cold War, you could play it on PS4, you could play it on PS5. Granted, the graphics are better. You get adaptive triggers, you get to, you know... 120 FPS. Yeah, it is 120. So you do get some advantages for the for the hardcore. And the adaptive triggers is the thing that's selling me on it, not going to lie. But for the casual person, no, not really any main major difference. My experience will be pretty similar to somebody else on PS4. It won't be too much different. I suppose you could say the same thing for Miles Morales, really. Yeah, you can. Other than the fact that you've got better graphics. So it's, it's night and day, the comparison. But that's if you're into graphics. I think graphics is the easiest thing that most people would notice. I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe wouldn't notice it as much. Personally, I, I don't see the difference between, you know, SD and HD compared to what I'm getting on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. The difference isn't as huge. No, it is a, it is a small difference, but it is, if you had them side by side, or if you had like a, if you had a YouTube video where they do a comparison, difference would be stark. Again, it all depends on the implementation. I mean, FIFA just had their patch now. This week, their patch has just gone up for the PS5 patch. And it looks drastically different with how the footballers are are presented. They look so much better on PS5. Would that be enough for me if I was a hardcore FIFA player to switch over? Maybe. I don't know. I I wouldn't have thought so. So the vast majority of people who are playing the newer games are playing on older consoles. Definitely, yeah, 100%. So that's always the case, isn't it? Until you get to about four years into the gen, and then most people would have switched over.
So boys, my 4K TV wasn't actually my only topic today. I actually had another one. This, a patent released of a PS5 Pro already a month after the PS5's initial release. Do you think this is going to happen soon or at all maybe? It will eventually happen. I mean, they've, they've proven with the PS4 Pro that there's a market there for people that will upgrade their existing tech. Yeah. I'm one of them. I bought a PS4 Pro, bought it in a heartbeat to play God of War, and I'd do the same again when a PS5 Pro comes out. I know I will. Do I think it's soon? No. I don't think it's even going to be talked about for at least four years. I think we got a long time until then. And you've got to remember that patents don't mean anything. You can patent anything. And there's a lot of things that Sony have patented in the past which have gone nowhere. So there's no reason to take this as there's no point to buy a PlayStation because the PS5 Pro is going to be around the corner because that's not the case. However, I do think this patent holds a lot of weight. And I think that this makes sense. Yeah. But what I am surprised about is why is this patent so easy for the people to find when the PlayStation 5's patent wasn't? You'd imagine, though, like moving on generations, like that, that information would be, would be guarded, right? Something like Pro version and maybe a couple of details probably wouldn't be as closely guarded. And, and I guess that's how possibly that information has got out. Are, are we talking a whole new console with these patents or are we talking kind of like the modular approach? Because this conversation has come up time and time again whenever we're talking about consoles in the sense that you, you, you can have the base version and add something in to sort of upgrade it. I know this has sort of been played with in the past, but never really executed to... To, to, like the N64. To a high level, just like the N64, where you, where you could double the memory. And, and, and with the um, Mega Drive, where you could buy the 32X to stick in the top. You know, sure. is, is this a new console, or are we, are we, are we talking a modular approach? Um, it seems like, at the moment, it's a new console. But the patent shows it as two GPUs and two CPUs, and it uses cloud gaming. So it could be a new console... But alternatively, it could just be an attachment for the PS5, which contains a GPU, CPU, and maybe a networking thing to access the cloud. And that would make a lot more sense in a whole new console this soon, especially. That's that's definitely a thing. If you if if you look at the way Apple is sort of trying to venture into the PC gaming market, a lot of the time and things that I'm reading is that you can buy your MacBook Pro, but you can buy a separate enclosure for a GPU. And plug it in with your, your USB-C and then it becomes a gaming machine. Maybe that's the area they're, they're kind of like venturing into, possibly. The one good thing about that would be, if, say for example, they went that model and they went for a self-contained unit that you kind of plugged in. Kind of like a PSVR little box that you put all your cables into, plugs into the back of the console. There's adequate USBs on the back of the console to be able to make that a possibility. So it's kind of out of the way. The problem I got is the size of it's pretty big already. <laughs> yeah. So can you imagine how big it would be with this thing on top? I got to be honest, right? I got to be honest. Modular just does not appeal to me. I do, I'm not interested in modular. I want, if they're doing a PS5 Pro, I want it to be its own separate unit. I don't know why. 
if I want modular, I'd go into PC gaming. So with PlayStation, do you get the Slims before the Pros or do you get the Pros before the Slims? Generally, you get the Slims before. Yeah. So you're talking this is a long time out. Well, there we go. So possibly you would get the Slim and then you get an upgraded box to fit onto your Slim. So your size issue there, Davey, probably would be not so relevant. The only times I've gone for Slim versions of consoles has been when my previous consoles died. So my PS3, I had my fat PS3 all the way, my 40 gig, lasted me all the way up until Infamous 2. I remember exactly when it died. Infamous 2, I was halfway through the game, loving it, living my best life. Just come off the grind for my Resistance 2 Platinum. And so then I bought a Slim. The PS4, I had no intention of buying any redesign or anything like that because the Pro was there. And my PS4 is working till this day. So I wouldn't go for a Slim to a Pro. I'd go from my base to a Pro. Unless it died on me. Unless my PlayStation 5 died. In which case then, Slim to Pro, I guess I'd do. But I don't know. I feel a bit bit weird about modular. It makes sense because the cost would be so much lower, wouldn't it? Yeah. For somebody who's already invested in in the hardware. But I just, I can't see it. Well, if you look at if you look at Sega, take that for example. You know, when when they released the Mega Drive to buy the 32x to fit into uh, the Mega Drive, which which basically doubled uh, the capabilities of the console, it, it it wasn't the full price of the console, so it was much more accessible to people. I haven't got the figures in front of me to say if that was a success or 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 it wasn't, but but Sega definitely a console afterwards, which which was the dream. No, the Sega Saturn afterwards. So. Maybe that's where the money came from. <laughs> yeah, they definitely didn't do well with the with the additions. I mean, they also had a little Sega CD attachment as well, if you remember Mega that. Mega CD. I've got yeah, it. Yeah, oh God. Do you? I have it, yeah. yeah. It's probably worth a bit of money, that. The, the Mega Drive was a modular console. It was. Oh, 100% it was. For people that don't have a PlayStation 5, would they then have to buy the base unit plus the expansion and plug that in? Or would you be able to get it as its own box? Because if it was its own box where it's all contained in one unit, sign me up. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I think I think with Mega Drive, if we're using that as 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 the way the market should go, it was always a next bit to add on. But me, I would love options. I would love PlayStation to say, if you've got the original PlayStation, here's the bit to plug into it to upgrade it to Pro. Or you can buy the PS5 Pro as a standalone. PlayStation released two versions of their console, so why not release three and have the digital version as well? Yeah, I was I was thinking that then, exactly. It's not too different from them having the physical versus digital edition, having like a full unit of Pro versus a modular version. It does make sense. I do feel as though the full unit would sell a lot more than a modular version because even though... I'm not very strapped in cash. I would still rather buy a full unit than a modular for my base system. If the PlayStation 5 Pro is 800 quid and the addition to my PlayStation 5, which is already working, is 200 or 300, let's say it equals the cost, then I'm just going to pay 300 quid, aren't I? Plug it in USB-C. USB-C is that technology to allow modular, I believe. Do you think this is a possibility then? I mean, your question originally, Spence, was... Do you think it's a possibility? And I think, yes, that this is something that I think is genuine. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think I think it's definitely genuine. Maybe not this exact idea, but the same kind of thought process, at least. 
even if it is genuine, same as you said, it's not anywhere close to where we are now. It's going to be a few years down the line. You guys said it was far too early for them to release a a branded version of the PlayStation 5. And we're talking about a pro version of the PS5. Yes, we're miles off this. If it is real, then we're, we're talking years. So, boys, my topic is a game called Dreams. I don't know if you've heard about it because it hasn't come up in conversation that much in our sort of group chats. But this is a game developed by Media Molecule, famous for creating Little Big Planet. This is a game where you create other games. It's a sandbox, a little like Mario Maker, Gary's Mod, even to the extent of, of Little Big Planet, because there were games within inside that game. This game was one of the first games that was shown on the PS4. The beta for this game came out in 2016. And now, where is it? I haven't heard a lot about it since. This is a game I should love. But do you think Dreams came at the wrong time when it was launched? Uh, myself, I'm not sure, in, to be honest. Obviously, they released it when they could. But if sure. that was when they could release it, why did they announce it so soon? Because that gap in between... Like, sure, sure, we know, like, games are rumoured to come out and they announce games, but they showed it off as if, like, this is going to be out soon around PS4's launch. And then mm. it came out close to the PS5's launch. Well, it came, it came out at the end of, end of the console generation. And the primary kind of goal in this game is to create games for that console. If it came out at the start, I would have understood positioning it right at the start of, uh, of of PS4 because the, there would be the player base there. But now as the player base is moving to PS5, Dreams has just come at completely the wrong time for me. Yeah. I think Dreams is an example of a failure on Sony's part on every single level. And I do blame it. I put the blame at Sony's door because what they should have done years ago is tell Media Molecule, look, cancel this game. Cancel it get something else out the door. Just like they did with Santa Monica. So Santa Monica, the studio who did God of War. Now, before God of War came out in 2018, they were working on a space game, which is kind of public knowledge at this point. They were working on a space game, which wasn't coming together for whatever reason. And they scrapped it three years into development, I think it was, and then did God of War and put it out. And it came out in 2018. What they should have done is said to Media Molecule, look, I know what you're doing is really creative and it is something that no other studio in our in our ecosystem could do. But one, it's not going to sell. Two, it's not even a game. It's just creation tools. And three, you're taking the fucking piss. <laughs> it's been six years. At, at the time of, you know, Media Molecule sort of announcing that they were going to venture into this, this unknown game called Dreams, you know, they, they were a beloved studio. People loved, they were. people loved Little Big Planet. People loved Little Big Planet too. People loved Tearaway. They they left us for that gap over a whole generation to create a game, which, as I said, I should love, but it's just come at completely the wrong point. I think you're totally right, and I think that's the reason why it's been mismanaged, is because Little Big Planet One was revolutionary for the PS3, in my opinion. It was something that even people that were diehard Xbox fans, they knew who Sackboy was. It was the first real mascot that we had for a, for a generation. 
PS2, we had Jack and Dexter. PS3, we had Sackboy. I'd agree. It was a big deal. Little Big Planet 2, when that came out, was phenomenal. Everyone loved it. Great game. Phenomenal. The problem is then, we're not going to work on Little Big Planet 3. We'll give that to Sumo Digital. We'll do Dreams. And so they showed, like you said, they showed that tech demo on the first time of us seeing the PS4. We saw that tech demo with this old man's face. They were messing around with a move controller. And I was there, hyped up on Media Molecule as well, like everyone else was, thinking, oh man, this is going to be so cool. We're going to be able to do so much with this. This is going to be great. You get two years down the line, they say, right, the open beta is starting on X date. That open beta date gets moved. Gets moved by a year. You then get, oh, this open beta is this date. It then gets moved by another six months, and then you go into early access. And the early access is a case of you can buy the game when it's not fully done, but you can buy it for a discounted price to get in there and start creating so everyone else can actually play the game. Because, spoiler alert, we put like 10 levels out there. That's all you're fucking getting. So please buy this game to create the rest of the game for us. And people don't care about that anymore. They don't care. Media Molecule are talented enough, and they proved it with Tear Away, that they can do a full game, just like they did with Little Big Planet 1 and 2, and make a phenomenal platformer. But instead what they've done is, they've binned off their most iconic character, given it to a second party studio, and then created something which nobody wants. And the game, we shouldn't forget, the game has been critically lauded. This game is sitting on a really high Metacritic at the moment. People, the critics love this game. And people who've played it, love it. The problem is, I'm a hardcore PlayStation fan. I have zero interest in this game. Literally zero. And if I feel that way, I bet the majority of people do as well. And that's evident in how the game has been received by the public. In that it's concurrence of basically no one. So I, I think what happened, Media Molecule had this big idea. They were they were up on their own hype after after Little Big Planet and how successful that was, and they they tried to take on something bigger than them. You know, I, I I've been there in my in my development life. You know, I I thought I could achieve something that that maybe was unattainable, and I think that's w what's happened to a media molecule. They they've gone into a project which ultimately they couldn't complete on time or within a reasonable time period. And they kept going. They kept saying to Sony, we've got something. We've got something good. And Sony believed that hype all the way up and kept believing and kept believing. And I think that's why I, th I put the blame not on Media Molecule's door, but Sony's door. Because Sony should have literally just said to him, look, you've taken too long. We've only got so long for this. And you're not... In the time that that game was in development... You've released Last of Us 1, Last of Us 2, and Uncharted 4, and Lost Legacy. Like, come on. They're the biggest games on PlayStation other than outside of Spider-Man. And, and Gorilla have done Horizon and Shadow 4. You've got um, uh, Sucker Punch have done Infamous, Infamous Second Son, which they launched with. And then they followed up with Ghost of Tsushima a couple of months after the launch of, of Dreams. All of these games are sold gangbusters in comparison to Dreams. This is at Sony's door, not Media Molecule. If you let somebody just carry on and just do what they'll do, they'll just continue doing it. And these people are so creative. I just think Sony should just literally said, 
stop. What I'm surprised about, if this was PS3 Sony, they would have been gone. They'd have been shut down. So how Media Molecule survived this is based, in my opinion, on their legacy. And I really don't think, unless they can prove it, I don't think their legacy is worth a damn. Because honestly, I'd say they're the weakest studio we got in the PlayStation PlayStation ecosystem at the moment because they got no results to prove it. I'd agree with you in the, in the in the sense that you're saying Media Media Molecule were allowed this sort of grace period, weren't they, to create dreams based on their sort of success with Little Big Planet. But you know, if if I'm Media Molecule and I've got this big idea, and PlayStation are, are pumping money in, pumping money in, pumping money in. And, and I'm able to continue my dream in creating dreams, then for them, nothing's wrong. There's no alarm bells, is there, for them in their studio. They're just able to do what they want, and they've kind of got the budget to be able to do it. Davey, you, you're right. You know, so, Sony should have seen this and, and seen how long it's taking. And obviously, they knew when the PS5 was going to be launched coming to an end of a console generation and launching a game that creates games within that ecosystem you don't have to be you know the most knowledgeable guy about games but that that's that's going to be a mistake i thought very similar to what you said where they were just clearly taking the piss and obviously as you said phil sony knew ps5 was coming out so i think they thought we announced this years ago on the ps4 at this point it's going to become a ps5 title or a PS4 title well into PS5's lifespan, just released the game. And I think that's literally why they released it when they did and why they didn't market it how they did, because they were just sick of it. Let's say Media Molecule got their shit together and it was launched early on in the PS4 lifespan. Do you think we'd still be talking about it? Do you think it would have been, well, not a success, but do you think it, it would be a conversation? I think it could be, but only depending on the players themselves. Like, it, like obviously, in any time frame, Dreams could always come back to a conversation, even in its current state, if a player creates some amazing game inside of it. It could always come back. It could make it worth buying just to play that one individual game. Do you think Sony could have saw this coming and pumped more money in at an earlier period to Media Molecule and said, this is what you need. Here's the resource to get this game finished early so we can get those creation tools out at a viable time for our market to actually use those creation tools as opposed to at the end of a console generation where no one's everyone's moving on um i think no matter how much money sony put into media molecule to make this game i think the issue was their ambition was how big they wanted the game to be and obviously no matter how much money they gave them they still would have spent the same amount of time trying to make it as perfect as they could be and ultimately it just took too long the main the only issue with the game is it took too long I think it probably is a decent game. There's a lot of fan-made games on there that people have created that are actually really good. I know I saw an Avatar The Last Airbender game that someone's been making on there, and it actually looks brilliant. They're actually using all the elements and able to actually airbend and stuff, and it's cool. You're able to do that in a game where it's not even related to Avatar. Someone's just able to do it, but it's just took too long. The users are out there, right? The the player base is out there because you, you think of the ingenious levels that were created on little bit planet you you only have to look back to such amazing levels as jump the knife you know those creators are out there the big question i'll ask you boys is how good would it have to be one of these community levels for you to actually buy it my immediate thought arcs back to dota and and and, and how that came from 
a game. So we're, we're talking about the, the PC community here, and we're talking about Warcraft and, and a game that was created from Warcraft as a mod and ultimately became much more successful than the game itself. Are those games out there for Dreams? Are those games out there for Little Big Planet? I haven't seen it for Little Big Planet, but that possibility for Dreams, I think, is there. But the community hasn't built up because no one's on Dreams. I think that, yes, there probably is games on Dreams that are that level that could spout a, a sequel game, which is a big phenomenon. Problem is, if you don't have the players there to experience that, you're never going to know. And just like my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel is worthy of having a million subs. But, you know, I'm sitting there at 151. That's the problem with Dreams, is that if you don't have the players there, nobody can shout about how good a creation is, so therefore nobody else can see how good that creation is, and ongoing and ongoing. Granted, there's streamers or something like that that they could do a sponsorship with, get them to play a couple of these levels, get them to really hype it up, just like they did with Among Us, and the next thing you know, you got a viral hit on your hands. But does Sony want to pump even more money into Dreams? Probably not. Uh, my question for you boys, how much would Dreams have to cost for you to buy it? For me, I think Dreams as a platform should be free. Fair. I'm, I'm very much going off the, the, the PC you know, ecosystem of open source. The building tools themselves should be free. And then when a, once a game gets that level of users or it gets popular, then of course they can start charging for it. There is a marketplace built into the game where you can then sell your game. What about, how's this for an idea? Say for example, you like you say, it's free, right? People make their levels in dreams, but the IP remains with Sony. Ooh, do you think that would work? There's a version of the Unreal Engine where you can have it for free, but they own a certain proportion of what you make from the game. Yeah. Or you can buy the license for the game, and then whatever you create off it is yours. Ultimately, that game is perfect for PC and letting those the little crazy mod geek kids get at <laughs> it immediately and just start ripping it apart and making some absolutely incredible stuff. It makes a lot of sense, you know, that that, that platform's out there and they've spent they they spent a whole console generation developing this game. So why not give it to people that would take it up? Yeah. You know, no one's going to buy an old PlayStation 4 to create games for a PlayStation 4. But the PC community would thrive with those tools and as as long as you're going to make it open source, I I I think there's there's your area to succeed. But if you bring it to PC and you say your initial outlay is 40, 60, 70 quid, then it's not it's not going to take off. PC games are, are open source. And that's it for this episode of In PS We Trust. I hope you've enjoyed the topics. And remember, write into the email if you can, pswetrust at gmail.com. You guys will influence where we take the show as long as you write in with something that's interesting for us to go off about something completely random that's not even related to what you've written in about. I've been Davey. I've been Phil. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters, at ssjdavey, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.